0: All right, everyone. So, a little bit. Okay. Welcome to the Thursday night class. To this week is Parsha Shmini. We're going to learn a discourse. We're going to learn a discourse of we began it a few a few weeks ago started this discourse on my birthday and we did it for two weeks and then we had to learn something else so we discontinued this week we're going to do a continuation we're holding by class three in this fabulous discourse So we're holding in, in, by Discourse 3, in this, in this special mizmar Lusayda. This is in the Sidor of the Altareme. I'm sure it has a connection to this week's parsha, parasha Shemini. Bezrat Hashem, I'm sure it will come to me while we're teaching. Be'ezrat Hashem. But either way, it's a very, very, very special discourse. I'm going to do a little, a little, a little point synopsis, uh, just to be able to catch us up, because the class was a few weeks ago. I think um, the second class was a month ago. And now we're picking up. This is in the Sitter of the Altareba, page 146. The discourse begins on page I.B. But the part that we're continuing now is on page 146. Tonight's class I want to dedicate to um, two very special uh, grandmothers, both my grandmothers, my father's mother and my mother's mother. Both of them have yurt sites back to back. Uh, My grandmother's yard, my my father's mom's yard site, was today on the twenty first of Adar, and my mother's mother's yard site is tonight, which is going to tomorrow, the twenty second of Adar. So we're now swang sandwiched between my two grandmothers, and I want to dedicate this class to both of them. So my father's mother, whose yard was today, her name is Hannah Tzivya. may her soul have a great aliyah. And she send a channel, a lot of blessings down this way. to Myself, my family, and all those who participate in the classes. She was an extraordinary woman. Missed and adored by everyone that knew her. And then um, my other grandmother, whose yard site is tonight, um, my mom's mother, Rivka Basra Menachem Mendel, may her Neshama have a great Aliyah to the greatest of heights. she channel lots of bruchas. Um also here and to everyone. And she too is a very special woman. So Baruch Hashem, I have um, very special grandmothers and moms that I'm very, very fond of. And Baruch Hashem, obviously, there's Chus that. Uh, I can teach and I can share Torah. So um, let this hopefully give them a big boost up there. Okay, so here we go. Um, uh, just as a recap, um, the, I, we learned that um, the idea of, there's two names of Hashem. There's the name of Elohim and there's the name of Yud Kevavke. The name of Elohim is the outer garment the name of Elokim is the name in which, which is the kind of where where all the systems come from. Elokim is already God as He cements His energy into certain certain uh, definitive um, patterns, and that's the source of nature. That's why Elohim is the numeric value of Hatava, which is nature. Um, then there is um, the transcendental energy, where God's energy is not yet formed in any specific form, with any specific detail. Hello, your, your copies are here. Prepared. So if you should get yourself a drink, some water or something. This is still the mimer we learned a few weeks ago. We're continuing, we started two classes and then we stopped. So now we're continuing third class. I'm doing a brief... Since you remember everything we learned, then you don't even have to be here by the, by the review. <laughs> so the name of Elohim is the name of the divine that is fixed. The name of Havaya is the energy of God that transcends all definition and all, all, all limitation and all boundaries. And that's why we say when a miracle happens, there is a revelation of Havaya in the, in the realm of Elohim. Now, the truth is that even when God is running the world in a patterned, limited, kind of definitive way, which we call nature, that's only to our eyes. It's only the perception that we have. The truth is that it's always God's very infinite self that is decreeing for absolute nothings that things should be the way they are, not because things are running that way in a fixed pattern. But because God is repeating His infinite creativity and His infinite miracle every second to be like it was a second before, not because it is really defined, but because it's a it's, it's 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 this constant innovation, totally from a place of freedom, totally from a place where He's not not kind of limited to it yet, freely choosing to create without any without anything to compel Him that way, just because He wants so but because he is choosing to do so in a continuous way it gives off a, 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 a appearance to us as if there is a fixed energy that things are fixed and defined and that's the name of Elohim. but really if we're smart and if we're or say smart if we're wise and we look deeper we understand that even nature itself is really not nature and then we can have a very intimate connection to god because then we're never stuck in anything because we always realize Anywhere in any situation we are, it doesn't have to be the way it is, and we can always expect a miracle. We would reach for a miracle, but it also calls for us to be very, very close to Hashem, because we we realize that 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 we can't rely on anything other than His infinite love to us to create us and give us and to sustain us. And when we are in that level of consciousness, then we are completely surrendered to Him, as opposed to when we uh, uh, um, um, live. With a sense of Elokim, then we are have a certain sense of false security. In other words, we we feel ourselves as kind of a from God time to nine, time to God time. We need you know God to do us a favor. We need God to you know run us a miracle. But but regularly we kind of feel like we're secure in our existence, and then obviously our heart is not too so tuned in to our mission and our purpose because. We feel our own egos a little bit more. We're more self-substantiated as opposed to being totally given over to him. So while we're living in the higher consciousness of Avaya, we are in a much greater state of Bittl every second because we know we are not. Nothing about us is. Nothing is like it is just because it is. Regular people live, at least, you know, for a decent old age. Regular people that are healthy are healthy. You know, the economy is pretty good. It's not the best, but things are pretty running good. So if I did well last week, I'll do pretty well this week, unless some, you know, crazy earthquake or some some crazy, you know, who knows what, you know, God forbid, nuclear war breaks out. Yeah, it might be a problem, but, you know, we don't have to worry about that. Things are running as they run. That comes from the, a person being in a state of distance. Now, does that mean that if we're, in, we're, we're close, we're in a state of anxiety? No, quite on the contrary. We, we were very, very surrendered to the supreme infinite being, we realize that nothing is guaranteed, but we also know that God, we can rely on him because he's essentially good. So if we are totally devoted to him, he will take care of us, not through any systems, just because he, with his infinite love, will be there for us. So it's a much higher way of living to live in the with the consciousness of Havaya and not be stuck in the stuckness of Elohim. Now, regularly, it's all the time, even when it appears to be nature, um, it is really miracles. It is really havaya. That's the concept of we say in this passage of the mizmor, the Psalm one hundred and one in Tehillim. We say we say it every day after Baruch The Uki Havaya Hu looking That Havaya is really alokit. Um That's always. However. In the regular state and the regular circumstances, which means under regular uh, when 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 we are experiencing life in the natural, so only a very wise person and someone who's really tuned in sees havaya okay But most people live on the outer peripher- peripheral of things, even when we acknowledge God, but we're acknowledging the system. The system kind of. Is still you know do, dominant in our minds that there that there is a certain system. God runs the world, but God is running the world and kind of uh, um, um, acting or behaving or in a in a in a systemic way. That is that is the concept of hello. Hi In that science. In that sense, God is 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 um you have a copy right over there. So a welcome. I haven't seen you in ages. Thank you. Okay, but you're here. Thank God. Thank God. Okay. Very good. Good. So um and um, the, the, the the that's again on, on, on when things are regular, then there is what's called a, when a miracle happens. When a miracle happens, God is allowing Havaya to really reveal itself. Because then we see something that's impossible happening, and it happens. So the panini is the inner energy of the of Havaya, which is a much higher state, expresses itself on the outside. When that happens, we're stunned by the divine, by, by, by the incomprehensible. You know, when God is operating through a system, so, that is something that then we can relate to God kind of with our understanding. Because the systems we can kind of understand. Because the systems put God into a certain definitive, like you say, the systems of science. That's just the way things work, even though we can't explain things all the way to the end or why they work that way and so on and so forth. But it has some kind of a grasp. Because the mind, since it has definitions, anything that is defined, the mind can grasp. So in that sense, we can have an understanding in the divine. And our appreciation of God is more intellectual. It fits into our head. God fits the, the name of Elohim can fit in our head. The name of Avaya, which is the transcendental light, where God is transcends everything, that's infinite, and that's boundless, that's beyond definition. That's not perceivable in our mind. That's above us, but it doesn't mean we can't communicate with it. We could communicate with it, we can connect to it, but the way we connect to it is through acknowledging it through surrender. It's above our mind. We submit to it. That's the idea of hoda'a modem. Modem means I surrender to you. So to Elohim, we can we can interact with understanding with our with our minds, with our intellectual cognition. To Havaya, because it's infinite light, we connect to that through the surrender. So when a miracle happens, the response to a miracle is always hoda'ah. Why is the response to a miracle a hoda'ah? Like on Hanukkah, for instance, in the sages instituted that we should respond with la hodos u to thank. Thanking, the deeper in Hebrew, the word "thinking" also means surrendering. To surrender and to praise. It's the recognition of the transcendence. It, 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 it humbles us. We become completely humbled before the awesomeness of God. So the response to Havaya, the connection to Havaya, is a manner of Hota'a. And that's the, that was also the, the, the idea of the special sacrifice, which is called the sacrifice of the Toda. In uh, the time of the temple when, when, when a miracle or a special, you know, extraordinary kindness that God did for a human being, then the person would have to bring, and it was, it was only it called for a special sacrifice called a Karban Toda. And that Karban, we learned about it last week in the Torah portion, Pasha Tzav, talks about the Karban Toda. That Toda in particularly is a Toda that is being offered to Havayah. Now, all carbonos in general are to Havaya, but from all the carbonos, that carbon is the most to Havaya because the, the idea of the carbon is a complete surrender to God. As we're going to see soon, that's the reason why, that's going to be in today's subject, in today's part of the MIMER, where he's going to explain that's the reason why it will allow us only by the carbon toda even to bring chametz. Generally, we were now let to integrate any chametz into any carbon any leavened breads, but only by the Torah, as we're going to see why. We're going to get to that later. But, but but the concept over here is a confrontation, a interaction with a miracle means an interaction with a higher level of the divine in which we have to be modem. Now, another very important point that we had learned in the first class, that connection to Havaya as opposed to the connection to the level of Elohim, is also the difference between Chokhmah and Bina. Bina, which means understanding. Understanding is related to the name of Elohim. The name of God associated with the attribute of Bina is sometimes referred to as the name of Elohim. The name of Hashem associated with Chokhmah is the name Havai. Like it says in the Pasuk, Havayah but the tetragrammaton, the Yud Vavka, is in wisdom. Why is that? Because Chachma is a flash. Chachma is a revelation almost like from above. It's that epiphany. It's that first, it's still above your head. Bina is grasping, assimilating it. Like the right side of the brain, left side. Creative mind is where flashes happen. New inside, outside of the box stuff come in. Because it's above the mind. It's almost like, you know, we suspend our own previous knowledge and suddenly are illuminated by some new possibility that's bigger than us. So the experience of Chachma is one of surrender, the one of awe. It's like seeing something bigger than you. Chachma is also called, called vision. You're seeing something. You don't have to understand it, but you're seeing it. It takes you, it overwhelms you, and it brings you into a state of nullification. Bina is you're returning to self, and you are trying to assimilate this idea into yourself. And obviously that comes already by limiting and defining it. You know, it's it's more of a it's a condensing and a and a and a and a and a and a, and a, and a, and a lowering of the energy. So being is associated with, with Elokim. That's why Bina is called Yesh, being is called something already, chma is told ayin, nothingness, chachma is told ayin, it's still transcendent, it's above, it's not, it's undefined. Um and that's why, again, uh, um, Elohim, which is in Bina, there is grasping. There is there is there is a, a comprehension, and Havaya, which is Chachma, which is still nothingness. It's still above the understanding. Um, our relationship with Chachma, as we said, is Haida, is to acknowledge, to surrender to it. But we learn that what is the idea of a miracle? in which you bring a nizmar litoda, the idea of a miracle is that even in the territory of Elohim, there is a revelation of Havaya. What does that mean? Ordinary people, this world, which is dominated by the name of Elohim, this world that is operating in a very systemized, natural kind of, at least an appearance of, of, of the shell of Elohim, is very dominant. When a miracle happens, all the way in this physical reality, something cracks and Avaya is revealed. So in a to take that up in the spiritual supernal spheres, that means that Chachma is overwhelming Bina. Bina is fixed and defined. When a miracle happens, usually Chachma feeds Bina by diluting its energy and Bina grasps what it can grasp. But the essential chachma like remains above. The idea of 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 the miracle means a marriage between chachma and bina, and when that happens, what happens is in the space of bina there is an illumination of chachma. So bina kind of like kind of gets the the, the understanding. The mind dissolves in the in the in the in the wonder in the awesomeness of the chachma. That's called the unity between chachma and bina. That's why. It says, we brought this in the Kabbalistic um, uh, 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 meditation that is associated with this particular part of davening, when we say Mizmar latoda we brought from the Sidur of the Arizal, it says that the when you're saying Mizmar latoda it is a yichud, it is a unification that's taking place between Chachma and Binah. Because that's what the Toda is. Toda is for a miracle. Todah is the is the surrender, and Bina is surrendering to Chachma. That's what's happening. Elokim dissolves in Havaiah, and that's the Yichud. That's this unification of Chachma and Bina together. It's a very liberating moment. It's a very freeing moment. it brings us to the utmost humility. But then we continue. This was like two weeks, uh, the, the, the first class. In class number two, we learned that the continuation of that Mizmar is Mizmar hariyu Hashem kala Shout out to God the entire earth. Well, when a miracle happens we're all baffled and everybody shouts out Wow! And you recognize God, the earth that generally is not necessarily so enthused, excited, or preoccupied with God. The earth which is filled with everybody busy recognizing themselves and all the systems around them and worshiping all the various idols, which are the various different systems. Suddenly, we all cry out to God, the whole world. We recognize a miracle happens and we're singing, and we're the whole, everybody, you acknowledge God, a real shamkhlo. But we learned. Also in the siddur of the Ari, that the acronym, the first letters of the words Ariyu LaShem Kol HaAretz, spells the word Halach. Ariyu is a Hey, LaShem is Lamed, Kol HaAretz Hey Lamed Chaf Hey Halach. Now what does it have to do with Halach? What's Halach? Halach is Jewish law, Torah law. What does Halacha have to do with Ariyu LaShem Kol So in the last class, we had an amazing discussion in which he explained that this dominance, that Chachma dominates over Bina, as much as it is in a miracle, it's even stronger and even more dominating the Chachma over the Bina, the Havaya over the Elohim in Torah. Through Torah and through Torah. When we are learning Torah, you well, come we're open. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. when we are learning Torah we are um, when we are learning Torah we are entering the zone of Hamaya creation comes from the name of Elohim and um Uh, Torah comes from Hawaii. Torah is transcendental light. Transcendental energy. Energy of the the prefixed infinity of God, which is not fixed into definition. That's why we know that the introduction of the giving of the Torah, the introduction to the giving of the Torah was what? Was um, the going out of Egypt. Because Egypt means narrowness, constriction. And in order to receive the Torah, we broke out of the Elohim, out of the constriction. The whole energy of Yetzias Mitzrayim was Anihavaya. God reveals Yud kevavke, And that's all an introduction to the revelation of Torah. Now, where do we see in Torah the concept that Torah is free and uninhibited and unlimited and not defined by definitions? So he says something awesome, and that is one of the qualities or what the, one of the most the objectives of Torah, which we, we said I'm going to say I said I'm going to find a connection to the parsha this week in the parsha particularly parsha Shmini, the Torah talks about kosher and non-kosher. It tells you all animals that are kosher. We had the Monday night cla- the Monday class which we gave on Tuesday, on which we discussed this idea that the Torah talks about very strongly about this week's Parsha, particularly, it defines kosher, non-kosher, this type of fish is kosher, non-kosher, bird, this bird, these bird, these type of grasshoppers, kosher, not kosher. And that's in the scripture, in the written law. And then you get into the Talmudic law, you get into the Mishnah, and into the, there, it's about, it goes, it, it, the, the intricates of, of, Talmud, of Talmudic study, in which we are kind of, we're sorting out all aspects of creation. That's what the that's what, that's what Talmudic study does. It's, it, it, it's approach, it, it, it presents a, a situation, a worldly situation, which could be good, could be bad, could be permissible, could be forbidden. food to you could eat, you can't eat, you don't know. You go to the rabbi, kosher, not kosher. I have reason to say so, I have reason to say so. And then the rabbi is going to apply ideas of Torah. And based on that. Is going to tell you yeah or no. So this process is called the process of sorting out. Purification, sorting it out, clarifying. Clarifying the yeah from the no, the good from the bad, the consumable from the unconsumable. So now, okay, so Torah does a bira. That Torah is, the, is this great um, clarifier. It's the divine clarification that comes to clarify the world. And we know that based on the Torah's clarification, we, those who want to follow, or those who follow me, as a Jewish man or woman, we, uh, we, we, we behave and live our lives according to the dictates of Torah. So based on the Torah, we, we, are, we're, we, we, inter, we consume or interact with certain things in the world and it becomes part of the Jewish experience, part of a holy life, part of a godly life where God can dwell in. And certain things we reject. We close the door. We don't let them in. They come knocking on the door. We say, no, not kosher. In other words, we send them off. When it gets sent off means it can't, it's not invited into the into the divine, uh, into the world that is going to facilitate God when Mashiach comes. It's rejected. It's told no, out, dismissed, can't be integrated into holiness. Especially since we know that everything in the world has a spark. Certain things we can extract that spark and bring it into holiness. Certain things we reject it. So two things: Torah. When you're studying Torah. It's giving us the instructions of what we can and what we cannot do, what we can integrate, what we can't integrate. Then when we live our lives in practical living and based on the instructions of Torah, we are really doing a sorting, a a, a, a process of clarifying and sorting, because we're doing it hands-on. In Torah, we're doing it in theory philosophically. In in observance, in your kitchen, it's no more a theory. When you're learning the laws of uh, milk and meat, you know, kosher, not kosher, meat, how to, you know, salt meat in the kosher way, not kosher way, all these laws, these are theoretical. These are in the world of, of law. You want to study. But when you're in your kitchen and you decide, so then it's hands on. That's practical interaction with the world. The truth is that the. Study itself, even when it's not hands on, even when it's not practical, but the study itself that rabbis or yeshiva boys or whatever it is, do when they're in yeshiva and they're studying and they're saying kosher, not kosher, pure, not pure, guilty, innocent. It's not only in laws of kosher, it's in every aspect of life, right and wrong. When they're declaring all these things, they are causing major shifts in the cosmos. They're causing a, a major separation between the powers of good and the powers of evil that have been mixed together. Just by studying it, not even through implementation for sure. That's really hands-on. But even just study of Torah itself causes this amazing, magnificent clarification in all of in all realms of existence. Ultimately, leaving the world in a pure state and all evil gets expelled and flushed away. And... and uh, and and, and and the world gets rid of it. And the world is cleansed and purified from all unholiness and is ready for the full manifestation of God in the messianic age. Now, okay, this is the general concept we always learn. What's the chiddush? What's the novelty and what we're learning over here? So we learned an amazing idea. And that is, when do you need clarification? When something is blatantly evil, blatantly dark, blatantly impure. Well, you don't need a great rabbi to tell you that. You're coming with a, I don't want to say evil, but something that God says he dislikes is, is negative. So for instance, for a Jew, you bring him a piece of pork, he knows, or ham, whatever, he knows not kosher, farting, over. You don't need to go to a rabbi to tell you that. Even though the Torah originally told us that, but we don't need a great scholar rabbinic mind to be able to decide everybody knows not kosher shellfish not kosher crab not kosher lobster not kosher salmon kosher so there are certain things that are tuna kosher certain things very clear fins and scales kosher now right? and where do you need rabbinic rabbinic clarification rabbinic clarification comes in always in the gray areas where things have reason to say like this reason to say like that and then you have to hold the bait back and forth back and forth back and forth in those areas where there is like a lot of confusion a lot of and if we, we, we will apply it to life in those elements that 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 might be impure but they're masquerading as pure. You know, those forces that might be putting on a show and, 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 and dishonest and, 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 and kind of put a face of being kind and nice and wonderful, but really are inherently evil. Then that's the idea, to be able to sort out and to pick around when, it's, when it takes a subtle, a very fine uh, 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 um, toothpick to be able to subtly divide and separate the good from the bad, the yeah and the no. And to be able to see deeper, that takes the takes the power of chachma, okay. But then we learn that it even goes deeper. The power of chachma has such an ability to find good that even when we're dealing with something that is seems to be completely bad and negative and therefore un unredeemable and un. uh, Unelevable, if you can say. Chachma has such a scrutinizing eye that it can see the subtle good potential even in something that everybody else would throw out. That's the greatness of Chachma. You know, to come to a rabbi who tells you everything is no good, everything is forbidden, that's not a great rabbi. I mean, there are rabbis who do that, you know, and whenever there's any reason to say, no, you have to be machmer, no. A rabbi who can really think and think and think and permit a, a situation which at first glance you would have said for sure it's it's prohibited and not okay. And the rabbi really dwells on it a very long time. And somehow he figures out a way, according to Torah, to allow for it to be a, a, eaten or whatever and to be able to... That's the ultimate power of Chach. And we find that in the Talmud, that there are so many things that seem to be squarely according to Torah, a no-no forbidden no way. And the Talmud finds a little, it's not going to say a loophole, but they find a little, a little nuance through which they can find a way in which this thing is also kosher. That power, what is it really doing? It's enormous flexibility. It, based on, now earlier we spoke about miracles. So we spoke about the, the system of creation. There is a system of creation. But that's the system, the systems that make up nature. And we learned what's a miracle. A miracle is an introduction of infinite energy that's higher than the system of what? The system of nature. But just like there is a system of nature, there is a much deeper and higher system. That's the system of, of Torah, the system of right and wrong, the system of what is good and what is bad not not the system that make up scientific phenomenon but the spiritual science the much higher level of, of 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 the 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 system of we know anything that has anything to do with klipa is bad things that are and certain clippos like three impure clippos they have to be shunned and rejected and so forth that's a that's a far more a more more we might say a far more um Fundamental system to be able to break that system, to be able to be flexible, even where in the system of Torah, which is a much it's more than breaking nature or saying being able to see a situation that's supposed to be not kosher, and yet, and again, it's only a rabbi who is a real God-fearing person following Torah. <laughs> You're not going to go find yourself over here a rabbi who's going to let you do everything. That's not, who is, who is, <laughs> that's not someone who is in a state of connecting to this Chachma transcendental energy. And therefore, he tells you, go ahead and, you know, desecrate the Shabbos and do whatever you want. We're not talking about that. We're talking about a God-fearing rabbi who follows all the laws of the Torah. And the law of the Torah is an absolute you know, unbudgeable will die not to violate a law of the Torah. That's how serious he is in his commitment to Hashem and in Torah. Yet, he applies the systems of Torah, which allow him to connect to the Chachma of Torah. And the Chachma of Torah is so transcendent that over there he can wiggle. He can wiggle out of the stiffness of the system of Torah. I'm saying, he, can, he, can, he can find that transcendence in Torah itself to permit what was would have been non-kosher and not good Where does that come from? That comes from, again, from the power of Havaya that's higher than Elohim. The fixed laws of Torah, the definitive things, the, the boundaries and limitations, are more from the Elohim of Torah. The Havaya of Torah is the ultimate idea of the Chachma is Beriru, that Chachma is able to do miracles in law. It's almost like the, the miracle rabbi who's able to, within Torah itself, reach the expansiveness to be able to redeem the unredeemable. Be able, like you find sometimes, even just in regular life, you, know, you have people that everybody gave up on them. You have a teenager who all schools threw this person out. All schools, you know, the guy was a total, you know, maniac. So in elementary school, from kindergarten, the teachers couldn't handle it. Then he went to the higher school, middle school, and then high school, and then yeshiva. Everybody, it's a total, and everybody gave up on him. And the guy is literally on the street, a total outcast. And everybody only has terrible things to say about this person. And then they meet this one sage who looks this person in their eye and sees in them a potential that no one was able to see. And kind of breaks and shatters all the systems and extracts that goodness, reveals it, and kind of liberates this human being from the misery they've been all their life because they've been trapped in so much Klippa. But now only this super sage was able to find that little light in their soul and be able to. You see it in the Jewish people. After the Jewish people have gone astray from the Torah 150 years ago, all religious Jews gave up on their non-religious brethren. Say, they have no connection. What do you mean? Now they're already so far. They're not keeping kosher. They're not keeping Shabbos. They're not keeping, you know, the laws of purity. They're born out of marriages that are not with Torah. They're, you know, and therefore, we, you know, even if they, they come back into the fold, you can't marry them. You can't, because it's so much Chazerai there. There's so much garbage. There, there's so much impurity. It's so traced. It's so unholy. It's, give up on them. Came Alar Heber, for instance, who's the super, super fa- facilitator of the energy of Chokhmah. And was able to find in the most severe cases where you would think that this Jew buried his, Jewish, his Jewishness to the point that it's unredeemable, it's unrectifiable, it's unresurrectable. And the rebel was able to resurrect that potential and bring it out of Jews across the world. Millions of Jews. That's that power. Of, it's with all, all logic. And systems say, no, it's, 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 bad. It's wrong. Bring these people in and you just wreck everybody else. And the Rebbe said, no, no, no. Wow. Look how much potential. Look how much the spark is still a same idea. I'm just taking it into the human, into the people range, as opposed to before we're talking about, you know, saying about a chicken being kosher or a piece of meat or when, when everybody thinks it's not and this one rabbi is able to come and find a heter to bring it in. What do you get from here? That Torah and miracles, the power of Chachma that's in Torah, they're the same idea. That's why in Mizma Todo which is the thankfulness, the song that we sing to Hashem, which we said, when, when a miracle happens, all you can do is surrender with Hodah, because it's bigger than your mind, it's higher, you're reaching, you're tapping this infinite potential, this prefixed light, this pre-definition energy, which you can only connect to and submit to with ha In those very words, you say, which is the acronym Halacha, because that's the power of Allah. Halacha comes from Havaya. By the way, it says, Regarding Torah itself, we say, means the, the logics of Torah in general, which is not halacha, which is not the final verdict. We say, Elu ve'elu divrei They're the words of the living God. We use the name Elokim. But when it comes to the final halacha, on that we say it's coming, who's, who do we follow? The person whose neshama, soul is vahavaya imoy, that yutke vavke is with this individual. Those are the people who can pask halach. Not every not every rabbi even has that unique ability to give a psak halach. To give a psak halach, which means a final verdict in behavior, which will determine yes or no. And again, the real postak is someone who can find leniency to allow for the yeah, as long as, again, as long as it's according to us, according to the, the Torah itself allows, but he's discovering something. So he's, he's 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 discovering this expansiveness to allow even what seems to be not okay. Okay, that comes from Havaya, and that's the reason why. What's the regular meaning of the words Haril Hashem Kaloritz? Haril Hashem Kaloritz means shout out to God all the all all, all of the land, which also is halacha. Because when you're giving access to everyone that you would generally have said has no access, and now you're allowing all these sparks, all these entities, all this phenomenon that everybody would have said, eh, no good, discarded, ugly. God can't look at it. It's too lowly. It's too dark. You have to reject it. And the halacha, the the power of halacha came and revealed how this too could be in a relationship with god so that entity sings to god so in other words the, if we would only follow Torah biksav there would be so much just the, based on what seems like the law there would be so much cut off from a relationship with god the toreshe opens up the avenues and the channels through all this deep analytical to find how to elevate even the most farthest of things. Harriyulas. Rashatev is Allah. It's meaning the, the acronym is Allah. That's where the whole world sings to God. Now, let me just add one more point. Now, um, we with the last point that we learned was that. What we're saying now is that both in a miracle, when we experience a miracle, and through the study of Torah, we're accessing the energy of Chachm. We're transcending Bina, and we're touching Chachm. We're transcending Elohim, and we're connecting Tahavaya. Yet there is a difference between in a miracle and in Torah study. In a miracle, when we access that transcendental energy, the only way we can connect to it is by shutting down our minds. We can't try to figure out the logistics of the miracle. The miracle. We don't know what the miracle is. We acknowledge that God is bigger than our head, and something, tra- something transcendent happened over here. So what do we do? We humble and we surrender, and it's not our mind. So on the one hand, it's very powerful because it's we lose ourselves in the in the in the in the infinite light of God, but the the, the downside of that is that it can never become part of you because it's the only way to connect yourself is to that we dissolve of ourselves in order to touch it. You can't take it in. You can, you can melt into it. That's in a miracle. And that's why you can't understand it. You can only hoida'a to it. You can only modem to it. You can't grasp it. But in Torah, when the rabbi is studying Torah, at the core of the study, something divine is taking place. And in the Torah that he's studying, he's, t- he's touching that in- infinite Havaya life. And that's what's enabling this rabbi to go become so expansive and see things. But at the same time, he's understanding it. If he doesn't understand it, then it's not Torah. He has to really, it has to. In other words, he's tapping Chochmah, but he's taking the Chochmah into the bina. In a way that he not only is he. Are we connecting to these to this lights of chachma, but we're actually pulling it down into the bina as well, and that's why the next pasuk is, "Diu ki Hashem Hu Elokim." Know that God is Elokim. Not only surrender to havaya, you can know it. Da means know it in your mind. Internalize. The idea that Avaya him because that's the power that Torah has. Unique aspect of Torah is that it can it confuses the infinite with the finite in a way of fusion, not in a way of of either this or that, bringing it together. Okay, that's the way we learned now. Now, to we learned in the previous classes. Now we continue on page 146. Now we still have to understand. What connection does Hariulah Shem have with the beginning of the Mizmar Sha'amar Mizmar Latoida? He says, Mizmar Letoda, Hariulah Shem. In other words, Letoda is a song. Toda is a song that they would sing primarily when when would they sing Mizma L'Toda? When they brought a karban toda. Now, what does this have to do with the actual experience of bringing the toda in the in the Beis Amidosh? We sing it today as a substitute for a toda because we don't have the toda; because we don't have a temple. But when we had a temple, we can bring the karban toda, and then they would sing this song. What does this idea have to do with literally a karban toda? So when I told you earlier, one of the unique things about a todah, which makes the, this special thank, thanksgiving offering. A todah is a thanksgiving offering that makes the thanksgiving offering unique from all other offerings in the Torah is that we, the thanksgiving offering, we would use chametz. That means along with the offering, which was a sheep or so, you can also, I think you might even be able to bring a, a cow as well. The Karban Shlom, I think it works a cow, a sheep, or a ram. I don't think a goat. I think it's only like a sheep. That's what I think. Anyways, when you're offering this carbon, this along with it, they would bring certain types of breads. Bread loaves. How many? 40 bread loaves were brought. From the 40, 30 of them were unleavened bread, or matzah. And 10 of them were leavened bread, were chametz. Now that's very unique, because the base of the holy temple, was kosher lo Pesach all year long. That means that you were not allowed to offer anything on the on the altar that is not Pesach Pesachtek, which means it's, that it has chametz, that it has leavened to it. Besides, the only time there was chametz in the base of was by a thanks a Thanksgiving offer. and one other time. On Shavuot, which is we celebrating the giving, the day of the giving of the Torah, they brought two breads, two, and both those breads were chometz. Now there, it wasn't offered; it wasn't burnt on the altar. Over there, it was, it was, it was waved, and everything, and then the uh, Kohanim ate it. The it was divided amongst the Kohanim too. Was the only time they were eating chomets in the Bayesian English. And by the carbon totem. The carbon totem, there was actually some of the chomets bread. I think one of each type was offered on the altar, which means even a chomet bread was actually burnt on the altar. And then the other 36 breads, because they, they bought 40 and they took one, one, uh, four of them, one of each type, they had four, 10, 10, 10, and 10. 30 of them were matzah, but I think they were made differently. And so one of each type plus the, again, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this based on memory, so I can't vouch that what I'm saying is 100% correct, but this is what I think it was. Four of them were offered, and 36 was eat. The guy would take home, and he would make a party, he would invite everybody, and everybody would eat some of these breads and some of the meat. And that's how they would celebrate uh, Thanksgiving to God, Okay. So in both these sacrifices, with the only exception that you are allowed to bring khametz in the leaven leavened bread. So what does that mean? Obviously, it's connected to what we said earlier, that in Torah and in thankfulness for a miracle, we're tapping Havaya. And since we're tapping Havaya, tapping Havaya, we're kind of transcending the system. That's the point. We're transcending the limitations and transcending the boundaries because Havaya is above the boundaries. So Toda is for what? Todah is for a miracle. In a miracle. And Shavuos is the day the giving of the Torah was given. So both of these are revelations of Havaya. For that reason... we're given a special uh, permission to introduce leavened bread, or le- which represents the concept of leaven in general, which represents a certain uh, inflation, uh, inflated of, of entity, also to be included in the relationship with God. So what's the connection? Okay, we understand that these two have a common denominator. They're both touching on Havaya. They're both connecting to Hawaii. But why does it permit chametz? But based on what we just said, we already have a little bit of an answer. The idea is that Chachma, as we're saying, one of the aspects of Chachma, as we've spoken earlier, is that Chachma is free. It's still infinite light. So it's not so much... It, it has this, this ability to find an excuse, so to speak, not an excuse, a permission to find a, 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 a an extension to allow what's usually not allowed... And that's the reason, and how does it express itself, that in the Karban Taida, and in the carbon of Shavuos, which we're celebrating Torah, you're doing exactly that. One of the greatest Obama, um, um, uh, things that God dislikes is inflation, ego, and, and haughtiness, which is represented by the Khametz. So usually when anybody that's haughty comes in, you just kick him out the door. You say, not over here. You can't come in. But since Torah, as we said in earlier, as we said earlier, when we spoke about like the power of the, of the greatest of rabbi, the greatest of, of Tzadik, is that even someone that everybody rejects, he can say, oh, you know what, I can find how you too can, you two can connect. So even the chametz, which is the antithetical, which is the most, it's the antithesis to holiness and to godliness, is invited into the base something dash at this moment. But to understand this a little better is going to to explain the difference between chametz and matzah and that's another reason why I chose to learn the mimer now, because as we are now transitioning from the chametz to the matzah this share should be an empowerment for all the courageous women, and men can also help out that help transition the homes from the chametz to the matzah state in honor of Pesach. So we should uh, figure out first what is the essence of chametz and matzah and what's the difference. Okay, let's what is the connection? Yes, with the beginning of the mismo. What is the union of the carbon total The Indian a to the idea of chachma, doing a Chachma having the ability to 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 collect to to clarify. And you know who the idea is, the korban toida, who Listen, the korban is literally this idea. It expresses a korban that literally illustrates the idea that the clarification, the power that chachma has, is that it's even able to elevate something that otherwise, from, from a more superficial state, you would say not kosher, and you would reject it. We said Chachma has the ability to be able to go very far out and find a hidden potential of goodness and to be able to bring it in. Well, you see that in the Kardan Toda that you can bring the leaven in. Even though everybody says, Chometz, this is a no zone. Chachma says, Chometz, you're Chometz thing. Get in here. Chometz, you're full of Sahara, You're full of evil inclination. Come, don't worry. We have a place for you. Even while you're, you didn't do tshuva yet, you didn't clean your chametz out. You're not yet k- a Jew when it comes to the basic of English. He has to be kasher Pesach. You have to, he has to kasher himself. <laughs> you know, kashering. Everybody's pesach means He's kashering. Kashering is it's a form of tshuva. If you're doing an internal kashering, what does that mean? You're extracting all of ego. You're doing tshuva. You're getting rid of all the all the inflated self that, that causes a person to separate himself from God. You're doing tshuva, and you become pesachday. To come to the base of English, you have to do chula. You have to be in the state of your, your kashal The person has to be kashal But what happens if you're not kashal of Pesach? No. All people that are not kosher the the door is locked for them. That's why. That's the concept behind the idea that chametz is not allowed into the temple. It's expressed by the physical concept that you can't. You have a Danish. Get out of here. You have a peanut butter matzah Come on, in. matzah is okay, chametz not okay, right? Ah, but because of the chachma of Torah, we can even allow the non-Pesach Jews, even the even the haughty, even if there's a little haughtiness, even that. We'll figure out a way how you two can find your connection to God. And hopefully in the process, you'll lose your haughtiness as well. That's good. That's the depth of him. That is, everything in his Kaliah. Because the sages say in the Mishnah, every um, meal offering, whenever they would bring a meal offering, it would always come as matzah. Matzah means unleavened bread. Besides these two sacrifices, the carbon and the two breads of Shavuot as it is known. truth it's not understood the reason. What is the reason for this Mishnah? Why in all the and all the carbon. There was no khams. Only in these two carbon minchas minchas toidah, minchas in the mincha of the carbon toidah, and the mincha of the two breads that come on shmuris, the chesiv chametz teafena. Over there, it says specifically: not only are you allowed to bring comments it has to be comments You should bake it chametz. So You need to understand why is that. To understand this, let's understand first the difference between the chametz and the matz. Because in the Zohar, the portion of the Zohar that's called the faithful shepherd, the part that comes, the Zohar that's attributed to Moshe, the, Moshe Rabbeinu, is the faithful shepherd, it says over there, the the main difference between the Chometz and the Matzah, who It's amazing how Chometz and Matzah almost are the same word. They both have a Mem and a Tzadik. Matz, Matz. Chometz, Matzah. They're, they're, they're not, which means that most of their makeup is the same. Even the third letter is is almost an identical one, a ches and a Hey. In Chometz it's a ches, and in a Matzah it's a Hey. How close can these two words be? That we know that that the spiritual etymology, the spiritual biology, the makeup, the chemistry of everything is hidden in the letters of the name, which make up its name if you have two words that the letters are completely different means it's completely two separate things sometimes we find that there's a connection because we find that the gematria of the two is the same but the fact that it's only in the gematria shows that they're more different than they are alike but when you have a word it might not be the same gematria but it's the it's mamish, the same letters if it would be literally the same uh, the only, the third letter is three letters in each. Two of them are the same exact. One letter is different. And there's really two differences. Number one, this is in Chometz it's a Ches, and in matze it's a hay, which as I just said, hey and Ches are almost the same shape. The difference is that the hey has got a little window on the top on the left side, which the Ches doesn't have. It's completely closed. All three have three, three lines, a roof, and two legs. It's just that in the hay, there's a little window on the left side, which makes the hay different than the hay. almost the same letter. And the other difference is in matzah, that letter, the hay, is in the end of the word. In chametz, the hay is in the beginning of the word. In our mimer. Already over here, he's, he 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 quotes the two differences, but he only explained one of the differences. Um, in the Mittler Rebbe's explanation on this Maimer, the Mittler Rebbe as a quote in the Sefer on Amiloyes, which is from the Mittler Rebbe, the Alter son, he has a also a Sefer on Siddur. What we're learning is a this is a mimer on the the on the on the on the morning prayers. There, the Mittler Rebbe, based on what it says over here, answers also the second question. But here he does not He only asks it. What's the difference between the chametz and the Matzah in that, number one, this is a chesed. And that he, the chesed and the hey, he's going to explain. Why that little change makes all the difference. Makes one kosher for Passover, and one's forbidden for Passover. Makes one kosher for the Beit Hamikdash, and the other one forbidden from the base Ali. Besides, in these cases, two two cases, exceptions that we said now. So let's understand what it means. What the it means. it's only in the letter Ches and the letter He. The number one, he says, in, in, in Bechametz, the letter Ches, is, it's in the beginning of the word. The letter hey is in the end of the word. Again, and that's the question that he that he doesn't answer explicitly. Maybe he's expecting us to figure it out based on what he says. But the difference between the Ches and the Hey, there's a second difference. In other words, besides where it is in the word, it's also the letter itself is different. The difference between them is they're almost similar. It's only in the left. The left leg, in the letter Ches, the left um, leg goes all the way up to the roof. And in the letter Hey, there is a hole between the roof and the short and the short uh, left side leg. There is one of the walls doesn't go up all the way to the roof. There's a little opening, and in the letter Ches Nistam, it's closed. And that hole is closed because the leg itself rises all the way up till it touches the roof, and then it's a Ches, and then it creates the word chametz, as opposed to Mats. So what's the explanation of that? What does this mean? In is by When you're looking at the Torah, you're looking at a very complex, infinitely complex system. Every letter of the 22 letters of the Aleph base that the Torah is made up, every letter, the different, the different um, what's it called again, are uh, parts of the letter, every letter is different strokes, different parts to it. For instance, a Zion, it's got like a yud on the top, and then it's got like a vav, but a little curvy vav on the bottom. And then a base, got three, but base is open on the side. On the the base is open on the left side, enclosed from the top, and all around. The chesed, and the hay are both structures like this and open at the bottom. And the hay is also open. But what he's saying is that every letter of the, of the 22 letters of the olive base, they're their shape, the different parts of it, indicate all the ten sfirot. Every letter has all the ten sfiros. Um, in the tzir. Now, since there's so many nuances in the ten sfirot, so there is so many different letters. Each one, and you know how the sfirot and the attributes are are emphasized in that letter or expressed in the letter. The derech in general. In every one of the letters, something we can say about all of them the top of the letter, the upper part of the letter, is Chabad, would be the, the head of the letters, which would be the, 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 the intelligence, the Chachmabinadas of the letter, the soif, and the end of it, the feet, the bottom of it, would be the Netzach Hod Yisod, would be the Netzach and the Hod and the Yisod, which are the three lower Sephirot. And the middle of the letter, the and the middle of the letter and the middle of the letter is the Chesed gavura, the Ferris of the letter. And the letter Ches So now, once we know that, that's ruled by all the letters. So now let's look at a Ches and a which which both of them are almost the same. They they have three. The way they are are three lines: one on the top and one on the right side and one on the left side like a house, literally like a house, a roof and two walls. That's the ches and the So what would be the head of it? Which would be the intellect of the letter? What would be the chabad of the letter? The chabad of the letter, the, 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 the mind of the letter is the, is the roof. So the top is the roof, the chabad. What is the middle? It's hard to say a middle, because the other two are, are, one is on the right and one is on the left. Being that we know that the right comes before the left. The right is more powerful than the left. So therefore, the right side is the chesed g'vur et is the kindness, severity, and beauty, which are the middle of the ten sefirot, the emotional attributes, but the more inner emotions. The left side is the netzach od which is the bottom element of those sefirot, which in general means the emotions, in the, which represents in a human being, the emotions that are more about practical, more action oriented as opposed to feelings as feelings are for themselves emotions and excitement as it is for the for the inner human the netzach is all about application of something it's like it's for example the chesed is i feel kind i feel like giving i feel so much love and i want to give and i want to help and the netzach is to see it through and actually give not, not just to feel kind, but to, to have the determination to actually do the act. Not just to feel kind, but to do kind. So it's taking it down to action. And the same is with the uh, all three. They're all, that's why they call the legs. Legs are all about action. Going out and doing something, not just feeling something. So, again, the top of the letter and the middle of the letter, and they, that's the upper line the kava, Yamani and the right, and the right side, which make up a dalud. In the ches and, and, and in the hay, there's both a Dawid like this. That's the chabar and the chagatz. So the upper part, that's the chachma bin the kava, and the right side, which is going from up, down, the vertical line, the chagas. That's the chesed gverd deference. The kava smolli on the left side. Now, now we can begin to appreciate. So, what's the difference now? So, now we're already like, look, what he's doing is he's fine tuning it. And now we can analyze what would be the difference then between a closed netzachod yasod and an open netzachod yasod. What does it mean? And over here, the open netzachod yasod is good. And the closed, nets, you said, when it's kind of locked, it can lead to problems. It's not bad, but it can lead to problems. In the letter, the Ches is closed on all three sides. Which is on the top. And from both sides, the right side. The karma smile on the left side, the, 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 the right line and the left side. There's no entrance, there's no window at all. There's nowhere to escape. There's no escaping. There's just a complete closed situation. Now, if it would be completely closed on the bottom like the letter mem, the closed mem, it wouldn't be a problem. A closed man is a safe zone. Then it would have been no problem. The ches wouldn't have any issues. He would have been a perfect safe world. Problem is he has no opening anywhere, but he has an opening, a wide opening on the bottom. And that's where the trouble starts. The bottom of the chest is completely open. And that's where all the thieves and hackers and bad guys get in. They go right in from the bottom because it's closed. So if that's the case, you'll say the hay has even open windows as well. So not only can they come in from the tunnel, tunnel in from the bottom, (laughs) they can come in from the sides as well. It would seem like it's kind of even more open for for attack. We know in general, so what are we talking about? We're talking about a letter. We're talking about a divine energy. What's a letter? A divine energy. It's it's representing a, a divine flow. We know that the forces of negativity, the forces of unholiness, have no energy on their own. They must steal it from holiness. They must usurp it. They must, they must, uh, that's what it is. Like you see, there are people in the world that are good people. And they are hardworking people. And they work hard to feed themselves and their family and to live a decent life. And then there are people that are lazy. And, uh, and, and don't want to do the right thing. Instead, they want a shortcut. So they go to people's hard-worked monies and try to make scams. Get into their bank accounts. You know, every day, how many calls do I get a day? I can't even tell you how many calls I get. I probably get like 15 calls every day, scam call. And it's amazing because I block all these numbers. Every time I, get a sp- I spend at least 15 minutes a day looking at numbers, scam, block. There block. Today actually I actually answered one scammer. I, I, I said, well, Who's this? And he had, he had such a good scam name, also. He actually had a really he's right away introduced him. He was surprised because most of the people know no one picks up to them. Finally, someone picked up. He told me his name, and I, I was gonna tell him. That's like, you know, I said, I wanted to see, I wanted to meet a scammer today. you <laughs> have a good, he has a really good name, like a, In any case, um, so people, so they, they get you a conversation and they'll sneak, they'll sell you something and it's dishonest, and then they'll take your credit card. People are, so they're trying to steal. So just like it is, in, and people try to hack accounts and so on. It's all hacking. So letters are also, the letters, and this whole thievery and stealing and stuff like that, this is all the physical manifestation and, 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 um, Uh, uh, you know, application of the concept of in the spiritual realms above of forces of darkness that are constantly on the prowl looking for vulnerable places where they can steal. When they see a letter ches, they get very excited. Because the letter ches gives them an opening right at the bottom so they can go right up. And we're going to soon see a deeper understanding what the letter ches represents, why they're able to go. It is open. It's an empty space. And that opening. Where is it open? It's open below. So if up represents the, the flow of godliness from above, so what's below? Below represents the worlds. Where there is what? Until Mashiach comes. Good guys and bad guys. When it's open, right? Leaving a leaving a, a a door to a mansion open, you know, and no one is there, calling for trouble. So the ches is a little bit calling for trouble, especially since it's open. Now, if you're living in a very rural street, very hidden, then you leave your door open, okay. But if you're living right on the public public thoroughfare, like right, right over there, you leave your door open. Then, Someone is going to help himself very quickly. This week they had, a, sadly, over here in Beverly Hills. Today's day with the laws going on here in Los Angeles, with the brilliant uh, new DA that we have over here, well, let's everybody, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a revolving door. You know, the guys get get arrested and they go out right from the other side, like, <laughs> or they don't even get arrested when they're stealing less than. Him. So they, they, there was a middle broad daylight. They they broke into a jewelry store and took three million dollars worth of merchandise in the middle of. That's when you have to see, because we have an open door. Even when people have locked stores, they still have an open door, because you created a lawless society. But generally, if you're leaving a door open, you know the Gemara says an interesting thing. The Gemara says that the rat is not the thief. The Gemara has a very interesting, and the Gemara says it's not the Gemara statement. The Gemara says this is what people say: the rat is not the thief. The hole is the thief. Because if you have your house clogged up, the rats are no going in it. When you're allowing it up, that's why I remember just a few weeks ago, a few, two, three years ago, sadly, we had rats in my house. And we were going crazy. My wife was going nuts. And we had this, this guy, he's came for two months, exterminate him. But he said, we're not going to close every hole. But he went around and he and he rat proofed the house because he was able to find every possible and he says that funny he says they can go through the hole of a pencil. That's how small they can get, they can squeeze themselves through with the smoke. Once they get in. So when you have a hole, you're actually calling the rat. You know, they're looking for food, they're not bad. They're around the brow. You know, there's a hole there, they're going right in. So the real thief is the hole, not the so when you create a society that is holy i don't mean holy <laughs> it is full of holes which means not crime proof when you don't hold people accountable you're calling that 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 then the thief is the da not the not the not, not, not the thieves. you almost can't blame them because they 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 they're, they're waiting you know you're you're inviting them in with a flag with a you know but in any case so spiritually it's the same thing the hess is calling for trouble because it's open on the bottom. Masha, ain't going to say, hey, but what? But hold it. That would seem like the the hay should be what, even a bigger problem. Because the hay, they can climb. You block them on the bottom. You put a guard there at the bottom. They'll come from the top. They're like have two. They have two entrance ways. We say no. Why say, once it has an open window on the upper top of the left wall. That's like a security camera for the guy to look inside. <laughs> Once there's a security camera, someone looking at it from the top, then the guys are not coming from the bottom. Understand? The house doesn't have any opening. So it's like a closed ha- it's like an It's like there's no outlets for anybody to guard. It's just open from the, you know, onto the street, which the street in this case is below the world where there's the Without that watchful element watching from the top, so then it's party time for the thieves. But In the hay, there is something about that window, assuming to see what it is, that makes the, the house uh, secure. The pesach ha-nekev, which is in the entrance of the whole Amafsik which separates between the, the roof, the roof, which is the upper part, to the left side, to the left leg that's in it. And just like it is in the physical image of the Ches, the hey and the letter he, you will understand above that the same concept exists. I was going to say like this. The letter Ches and the letter hey. Particularly are symbolic of the attribute of malhus. Even though we said before that in each letter there are all ten sephirot, or well, every letter has all ten. That's because each sphira, every element of the sephirot, has the DNA of all the sephirot. Because that's what holiness, holiness is integration. So in everything, so even if, let's say one, let's say the letter Zion represents, uh, I don't know, um, uh, Bina, let's say. Just sort of, let's say the letter Zion represents Bina. In the Zion, you have the Chabad of Bina, the Chachma of Bina, the Bina, and that's where you'll see the addition. Shi-. The letter Ches and the letter He are both representing or stand for the attribute of Malchus. In Malchus itself, there is the Chabad of Malchus, the head of Malchus, the emotions of Malchus, and the, the, the inner emotions of malchus and the external emotions, the netzach, hod, yasod element of malchus. The bottom of the hay, the open, where the, that's the malchus of the malchus. Malchus, that's where there's no, there's nothing. There's no protection. There's the malchus. And that is open downward. So what does that mean? Malchus, we know, is the most vulnerable of all the spirits. That's why the Ches and the hay are both hackable material in essence. To secure it, you have to open the other one and turn it into a hay, it's hackable. Because malchus in general is the most vulnerable of all divine levels. Because malchus is the last and final sefirah. It's the energy of God that's actually being communicated into the creation. Because once, what's malchus? Malchus is where God is lowering himself down to be a king. Higher than mouthless, the energy is beyond kingship. So there's no, there's no, he's above being in a a direct connection to worlds, to any creatures or any beings. So from those energies, no one can go there because it's God in his private state. But when God comes down to be a king over the world, he's declaring I'm a king, which means there is a creation. So he himself is creating a creation. And in the creation, we gave a class two weeks ago. A very, last week was Purim. but gave a class, amazing class. That that when a king is a king, he's a king over his subjects, and amongst the subjects there are behaving subjects and misbehaving subjects. Or else you have no empathy. That what kind of a kingship is that that everybody behaves? In other words, part of a, of a, of a, of a, of a, of, a, of, a, of a people is that there's all kinds. Of, there's law-abiding sins. and amongst <laughs> you're going to have a big a big a, a whole law-abiding. You know, you're going to have some some of the breakers of the law. That's part. Of when, 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 it's always going to be some. You say it's going to be some rotten apples. It's gonna come in every in every element. So the concept is that when Hashem is in a relationship with a world, which is in the level of Shekhinah, which is in the level of Spira Tamalchus, which is where God lowers himself down to be closest to the worlds, over there is the most vulnerable for unholy energies to 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 attack. Okay. Now, which part of Malchus? In Malchus itself, we're saying there are 10 sephirot. So the Chachma of Malchus and the Bina of Malchus and the Daas and all the Sephirot of Malchus are the higher part of Malchus. That's Malchus where Malchus is still the, still, still the tail end of the divine. It's still in Atzilut. It's still in the world of emanation. It's still above creation and therefore... In the three lines, no one, no one, there's no, there's no virus, there's no hack. The hack is only in the Malchus shever Malchus, which means, what it says about Malchus, Ragle'ah, her feet, that's the bottom of the ches, that's the bottom, Ragle'ah, her feet. she goes down, Mavest, to the place of death. The Shekhinah goes down to sustain the lower worlds, the lower existence. And that symbolized the bottom of the ches and the bottom of the hay. And now let's read it inside. So we're going to see. So how do you protect malchus? How do you protect the the bottom of the of the hay and the bottom of the ches, so to speak, that it should not be attacked by the chitzonim, by the by, by the klipa, by the unholy forces, by the extraneous beings? How do you protect them? You open a window on the left side the hay chases them away why the the left window in the hay chase them in the way so when you have that innate protection and she's safe you take that away you get says, <laughs> He says the, the Malchus has four lines from the four sides. On the bottom, he says over here, that's incorrect. It's supposed to be, it has three, three lines from the three sides. Because in a ches and in a hay, you don't have four lines, you only have three lines. But it's possible, based on what we were saying now, that there is really a fourth line as well. It's just the invisible line. Because there is a Malchus Sheba Malchus. It's just that that one is not in, you don't see it in the letter, because that's where it goes down. So really you could argue that Malchus has really four lines, it's just three of them are visible, and one is that you can't see. So maybe you could argue that the Dalet's from the Dalet, the bottom he says over here, now who says? The one one who put this together. says that in in other tfusim, it says in other prints, it says different. But in a sense, you could, I'm I'm just hit me now, we really could read that it's four. Was in malchus there's really four, four, four elements: chabad, chagas, netzachod Yesod, and malchus of malchus. That's the fourth one. That's the of that's the uh, that's the tmunah, That's the image of the chesanei. Now the netzachod yisod, which is the final sfirot of the malchus, which is the left leg of this chesanei. In the Yiddish, it is known that On this, it says, Her left leg goes down to a place of death. That I means she's beginning to descend. Like it says, now it's not really the left leg; it's at the bottom of the left leg, where it open, where, where it should go further, where it's open completely. Like it says, "Le like Hashem says to." Um, who Cain, Cain, Cain? Who killed Hevel, His brother, Cain and Ebel, When Cain kills Abel, God is rebuking him. Actually, before he killed him, God is telling him, "Why are you so down? Looks like you're you're you you're you're down because you feel like your Yitzhar is taking the better over you." You know, because Cain was upset that that Hevel was morally closer to God. He was offering God a beautiful sacrifice. God accepted his sacrifice. God didn't accept his. So Havel, Cain was walking around with a sour face. Why was he walking with a sour face? Because he felt that his moral deficiencies is like he was getting down. And God says, listen here. You know, if you work hard, you can beat your Yetzirah. I, I created you. I, I understand why. This is the first person who's becoming melancholy and depressed because his own Yetzirah. Because he can't beat his just It's just occurring to me now. Imagine. This is like... This is the son of other He's the he's the consequence of sin. So he's already a guy walking around with this like feeling victimized by the fact that he is sinning and he can't overcome his are. So what does God say to him? Listen there. I still gave if you'll try hard. Huh? Number one, you should know le that sin is lurking and trying to get you every moment. The evil inclination literally waits every second to attack you. You gotta be on duty, you gotta be on vigilance. You have to be full, have full vigilance every second. You let you let go of the God, he'll get you because he's ready to pound. I created you now, especially after the sin, with a constant hacker that wants to hack yourself. But if you if you if you if you, if you, if you, if you will if you will improve your way, say you'll have you'll have you'll have you'll be able to beat him. No reason to be depressed. It's in your hands. It's in your hands. Don't be a victim. Be strong and overcome. In the end, he didn't listen because he killed his brother because he was, you know. In any case, but what is the words Hashem uses? Hashem says, to the entrance, sin is lurking. What does that mean? Who's sin? Sin in the broader sense represents the entire realm of evil. All the satanic, demonic forces, which actually attack a person and, and lead a person to sin part of that that element where is it lying where does it lay by the entrance so Rashi says it means which entrance are we talking about the entrance of the womb which means as soon as you exit your mother to that moment you're already you're already gonna you're in the battle you would think innocent baby, it's so cute, it's so nice. No, no, no. It's got like ge'ezahara there already. The first moment he's born, doesn't let his mother sleep, doesn't make mad, drives her insane. Doesn't. It's already ge'ezahara, evil inclination from the second. It's that entrance. But over here, he's learning it on a more spiritual level. Pesach is the entrance on the bottom of the hay. That's the that's that's the end. That's the opening of the hay or the opening of the ches, the opening of mouths. Over there, Over there, sin is, is lurking. Like the zayar says, and that is because the the deriving of energy that the chitzonim, the external forces, the forces of evil take in spiritual origins above from the opening at the bottom of malchut of the of the bottom of malchus of malchus from that from that vacant space. From there is where there is already the desire of the klipa to steal energy from alch. What is that like? It's like the public domain. You know, people on the street. People on the street. On the street, you're going to have some. There's like, in your house, you can you you will invite in whoever you feel comfortable. You know, you have some kind of control. Yep. It's your house of control. You have a door. You have a buzzer. You have a lock. Closed. On the street, probably. So there's all kinds of sometimes people and sometimes dangerous folks that are out there on the street. Now, if your house is open to the street, if you have a private domain open to the street, you got to make sure the door is locked. If you have a busy thoroughfare with who knows going on Times Square, or who knows what, you know a major Hollywood Boulevard, Hollywood and Highland over there, yeah, people going on this, and you're leaving your door, you're living or right, whatever right you leave your door wide open, you're gonna come across some really undesirable company in your house, and a lot of things will be missing. <laughs> that's obviously. So that's the idea, the klipa. That's on the on is considered the public thoroughfare. Malchus is the private domain, but that's where all the cash is and all the money and everything, especially if, right, if you're leaving 100 dollars bills on the table, you're gonna, you know, you're, you're in trouble. Stacks of cash, problem. So that's where the Klippa wants to get in spiritually into Malchus through the opening door. The aims are, now let's take a look. At how does this apply to a human being? We are all. We are all closed in general. We have, you know, intellect, emotions, and stuff. That's our internal structure. Then we have our malchus. What's our malchus? Our malchus is our our malchus means royalty and communication. So malchus is our communication with the world. We do all all kinds of unholy stuff get into us and drain our energy? From where? When we're private and we're closed and we're in the inner world, no one's getting to us. They get to us when we open up the door. I'll give a simple example. As long as you're living, you're dominating, you're learning, you're okay. But once you feel that you need your phone, so you open your phone. Ah, you opened up. Now you open the door. Facebook, you open the door to here, to Instagram, to TikTok, to this. The more doors you open up, <laughs> so what is going to happen? They're out to catch your soul. The advertisers are out to get you, all kinds. They're all lurching all over the place. They're following you. They're looking, and they're trying to get you. They're trying to get you. They're trying to depress you. They're trying to down you. They're trying to pull you. They're trying to seduce you. They're trying to get grab your attention. That's the idea that's the idea of the the inch ent- to outwards. The, you're going out of it. You're going into your mouth. Malchut now. You need to go out because without malchut, you can't do- you can't elevate the world. You can't. You're not going to have any. Inter- you're not going to have any influence. You need to open up. Someone asked the question: Should I get a phone or not? Meaning a smartphone, or should I keep it? I will give you all the reasons not to get one. What do you need it for? What do you need it for? Sit and shul, learn and daven. You'll have so much less distractions. Finish. You'll be okay. But if you're someone who can influence the world, if you're someone who can give classes and teach and to inspire and give, and, you can, and through reaching so many people and sending out stuff, you need it. Because if you're not gonna have that, then you're not, your, 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 your influence to the outside is gonna be very, very limited. But at the same time, you're opening up yourself to influencing out, you're opening the door for things getting in. That's why you need a lot of shmirah. It's a very big deal to go and open up a door to the outside. So it means more than just opening your house and walking out of your house. It means all the instruments we have today that give us access to the whole world as it gives us access to the whole world, that gives the whole world access to us. Like people know that, that uh, you know, you, you know people have you know google watches and google this and google that and they have like and people are like uh, you know glued to their phones because it's like you need it yeah you, know, you get amazon you get google you get this you get everything you need you make airline tickets all day long you do business you reach everything from the ticket once click on the phone you get your reach you send the message to thousands of people if you need it, whatever it is it's like it's a light you need it it's unbelievable but I forget about religiously and, and spiritually when you have, and, 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 your, and your GPS, your GPS, whatever you need, never lost. Wherever you go, it'll always take you everything. Yeah, but guess what? Whoever wants your information is tracking exactly every, is tracking everything about you, knows exactly where you're going, knows everything you have. knows everything, everywhere you went, everywhere you're going, Every almost every thought you have because it follows your patterns. So basically, when you think you have control over everybody, it's, the, it's whoever it is, Mr. Google or Mr. Uh, whatever, Facebook or these guys. These guys and companies that are actually <laughs> controlling us completely with, with, by the very fact. So you have a choice. You want to lock yourself in your inner room and then you're closing yourself off. And no one will be able to. Then you'll be in your safe zone. No one is controlling you and no one in that. And in a sense, there's something special about that. You can be totally free. But that that doesn't give you much. On the other hand, you know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a trade off. People have to decide, like, what? It, and this is all a, 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 a ramification of the way things are spiritually as well. In the bottom of the hay, which is the malchut element, that's where you open up the door and interact. You go out of yourself, that's your malchut, into the outside. That's where the danger comes in. Now, should you or should you not? Good question. You should. But you need to make sure that you open up another window. Every time before you get out in the world, open up another window before that. What's the other window? you got to fill yourself with a lot of Chachma energy before you open up the Malchus door to the outside. If you fill your consciousness, if before you step out of your house in the morning, you already prayed, in a deep meditative prayer, you fill yourself with a powerful connection to God and a powerful recognition of, of Him and His that you're here to serve Him and you're totally unified with that transcendental truth of God's being. Then you go out, you're gonna project such godliness that all the clip and all the holiness will be terrified of you. They won't step close because they can sense that radiance of, of, of strength, that unity, that oneness. When you're walking, God is coming through you, and they can't, they're terrified of of that channel, so they run for their lives. But if you don't activate the chagma, and you're just you know running on what running on uh on your natural you know morality and goodness that you have naturally, but you don't activate a deeper, higher consciousness, a much higher kind. Then open up the door, go out on the street unprepared. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna, it's going to it's go, literally they're gonna they're gonna attack you from all sides. They're gonna suck every bit of blood out of you. They're gonna drain every bit of energy out of you. Before you know it, you don't even know if you're if you're flying or you know, you're coming or going. You might even not even realize how they've drained every bit of energy from you. That's true about walking out your door. It's not about opening our phone. It's something that I, I feel that like we all need to do. We shouldn't open our phones till three hours in the day or one hour in the day at least. Not the first thing in the morning. Keep it closed till 11 o'clock. In the morning. Don't even look your your email. No, don't look. Spend two, three hours first praying, dominating, connecting to your children. Too important, Like in a deep, real inner way. After you deeply anchor yourself with a deep strength of who you are and what you want, what your purpose in life is, and what your connection is on a deeper, meaningful way, then you can open your phone and move yourself out into the outside world. Because then you're going to be a projector of goodness and power through it. The kliya won't have energy over you. But even if you if you're still laying in bed and already you're opening your phone before you even. Got the same modani, or even if you said modani, but you didn't even, you know, you're already checking what's going on. You lost before before you even get out of bed, you're already finished for the day. The clipper has you around its finger for the rest of the day. That's the idea. You gotta open the window on the left side first. The window is going to explain the window on the left side is since it's right under the roof and the roof is chachma. It's a window on the top to allow Chachma light in. It's like a security camera, but over here, in this case, it's allow godly consciousness in, a powerful radiance of godly consciousness. Before you open up your bottom, before you open up your shop at the bottom, make sure you have your left side, the upper point over there open where the Chachma light comes in. Then there is Chachma, and there is Bittu, and then you'll be a matzah all day long. There's no haughtiness. There's no klipa getting in. There's no. If not, it becomes chametz, saor, yeast, inflation, and infection. Klipa has gone. That's it. That's the nekudu. Let's read it inside. The um, ein uh, where does the klipa come in? In the bottom, because the forces of unholiness, they stand below. In the kabbalistic terminology, under the Netzachod Yisod of Malchus, in the ten spheres of Malchus, they have no access. But beneath it, they stand. It's like the letter heads. The three sides of the of the letter are closed. Mikol tzad from every side. Shaloi yetsimisham klal shefale chitzena. From there, from the three sides, they, it's closed because you don't want to allow any energy to go out. Ach b'chol shalomata. In the bottom, yichledem hakol akabel. It's a free, it's a free open window. Everybody can come. Avo ba'isa hey, but in the letter hey. So what's the benefit of the hey? In a yeshgam king cholol hefsek ben gager leregalas molly. There is another rengel, there's another opening between the roof and the left leg. And this entrance this window this window is indicative of Chachma light coming in, shining in. Why is it showing on window? Because it's it's similar to the mouth that's in a person. Now, I was having a hard time when I was reading this. It's compared to the mouth of the person. Because the mouth of the person is a Pesach. It's an entry for... It's an open, it's a window for Chachma. But what I didn't understand is when I was reading it, from your mouth, you don't take in Chachma. From your mouth... You can exit chachma. You can share words of wisdom. You can share chachma outward. Not here. we say saying that in the hay, it's the mouth, but you want light to come in. It mouseless needs chachma, not. But the way I understood it afterwards is that it's 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 an opening. The chachma is that really is like this. The the chachma is the roof, as he said earlier. Remember, he said the roof of the top is the chachma bin das. The right side is the chesed gurteferes. That means every person has a power of chachma in his soul. Every person has the emotions. The problem is the question is: Does your chachma have a mouth? Does your chachma have a voice? Does a ha- Does your chachma? Did you turn on the transmission coming from your chachma? Did you turn on your chachma channel? Did you give your chachma a mouth? So, if in the morning when you wake up, you find within yourself your chachma, you open it up and you allow it to talk a little bit. You allow your ta- your soul, to speak to you before your before the rest of the world speaks to you. Allow the deeper inner, higher, purest inner core of your being to speak first, to lay, to create within yourself your 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 outlook on life to give you a, a sense of where you're going, of what, you are, what, you are, what, what your entire being is all about. So that's the idea of giving the mouth, giving the Chachma a mouth to speak, which means from the roof creating an opening to pull down the light that's in the potential in Chachma. In the Ches, even though you have the Chabad, Chagatz, it's like a, every person has the power of Chachma in his Neshama, we have the power holy emotions in our soul, but not necessarily that you give it to speak, you give it to open it, you give it to reveal itself. That hole on the top, that space, that window is opening up the Chachma to channel into the space to reveal its, its, its truths, its, its knowledge. And that's what it says, Pia Pascha b'chachma. She opens her mouth with Chachma, that's Malchus, which is the Ches and the hay. But Malchus represents Malchus is the Shekhinah. Malchus is every single Jew, every single one of us. We're all part of the Malchut experience. But we all ha- and we're all sent down into the world to deal with the world, to elevate the world. Which means that we're all we're all we're all vulnerable, but we all have this enormous and incre- incredible task to elevate and sublimate all of creation to bring Godliness into a dark world. But it's always a danger because whenever you're put into a place to influence, instead of instead of God forbid we influencing, we can become influenced. So how do you keep it that you're the influencer and not the influenced? With that, you got to start off continuously by opening up your own Chachma. The Chachma has to be activated and open. And that's the window that you open up. So the first thing in the morning, open up the window shades and let sunlight into your house. And do it not just before you walk out, before you pick up the phone, before you talk to anybody. Open up the shades and allow sunlight in. And this, and, and, and let that be symbolic of wow. Allow godly spiritual light to first infuse you. Fill yourself, saturate yourself with the truths of Chachmah. Maybe it takes a little Torah study, meditative prayer. And then, from that place of strength, then you can open up for business. You can open up the shop at the bottom. You need to open up the bottom, because you need to go out to influence. But when you will go out, you will meet only the good potential that's outside, and the bad guys will be running for their life. Because there's such a Projection of of godly light coming from you that the clip is afraid of it. This is again okay, this is the way I understand what he's saying. This entrance to Pesach Pesuach it's an open window for the Chabad for the Chachma Bina SheBeKav VeGaga Eliyon. in the Kav and in the and the upper maybe this is the reason why it is Hasidic custom. That before davening, even before you pray in the morning, you should always learn some Hasidic, some Hasidus before davening. What's Hasidus? Hasidus is these holy teachings that we're learning now. What are they? It's the teachings of Chabad. Chabad is chachmah. So if you ride away in the morning, the first thing you learn Hasidus, what you're really doing is you're opening up that window. You're becoming from a chest. You're becoming a. Then you'll be humble and, and and surrender to God all day long. You won't de- you become an inflated ego, which has to do with all the clipper getting in. And then you'll be so potent and so powerful because you'll be in a divine ambassador in this world. You're not you're not walking yourself. You're representing a powerful, infinite being that's coming through you. You'll be a matzah all day long and no chameds there because you'll be a hey, not a not a chas. But if you don't learn chasidus instead you grab your phone and spend two hours looking in the news and then you start thinking about, okay, now I'm going to go David or I'm going to go this. (laughs) Done. Might as well go to sleep and wake up tomorrow. (laughs) Try again. Okay. Well, then, this, it says It says by Malchus, Her mouth she opened with wisdom. And it says about Malchus. Her upper mouth gili It's the revelation of the light of Chachma that's in Malchus of The Yedua is known the chitzon and the extended, extraneous forces have no power where there is chachma. Chachma they can't corrupt. Chachma is such an acute, such a sharp, such a powerful uh, um, um, radiance of truth that it can't be distorted. Instead, the kalipa just melts from it and runs from it. Doc Sivit says in the Pasuk, yamusu v'alei They die, but not in chachma. That means the whole power of death, which is the power of the unholy, cannot survive. It it doesn't exist where there is Chachma, where there is a radiance of chachma. Because over there there was no shattering in the vessels on that level. The whole power of the clip is only from the level where there's the shattering in the vessels. From chachma, there was no shattering in the vessels. The shattering of the vessels begins in Bina and primarily in Das and downward, but not in Chachma that's where death starts. It's only in the emotions. Like it says in Aitzhai. The and therefore, yanika la klal There is no yenika from this entrance. Not only is there no the chitzon can't come in from the from that left window. There they wouldn't even dare come through. But but if your left window is open, then even in your bottom window, the chitzonim open. The a a mi pesach in a gam bechalal shalnata even in the lower um um space shebehei that's in the hey the lower the bottom ain't a chitzayim in yechalim the kadav that's not from shum the chitzonim are the extraneous forces are not able to come close may because the radiance of Chachma which is illuminating in, in that entrance. Another, I'm going to give you another manifestation to this. Another, one of the qualities of being connected to a tzaddik, to being a chasad, is to open this window to Chachma, because a Rebbe, a tzaddik is Chachma. They're in a state of total bitl tasha. They're in a state of oneness with God. You know? And that's why it's, it's a person can say I can suffice. I have my own Jewishness. I have my own, you know. It's good. Bittle and, and a channel and an opening to it's to, 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 to the to the chachma channel, who's usually coming through the, the leader of the generation, the super soul. They channel this light of chachma. And all those who are deeply connected to them have that light, and it gives them protection. is beridu. I once saw an amazing story. One of the sons of the watches, of the great Hasidic master. was once asked, I told the story once by a Thursday night class. I don't remember all the details. I'm going to try to remember. I forgot his name. He was once asked, what happened it was like this. It was a little town. They wanted to make a cemetery. A Jewish cemetery. There was no Jewish cemetery. They used to have to take the bell. they wanted to make a Jewish cemetery. So they, the, 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 the thing is that when you make a cemetery, place, you're designated, there's certain things you should do first. They walk around a bunch of times and you make, you, you're designated. And it has to do with a certain, it has to do basically, you want to clear the space from all kinds of dark stuff. You want to evict, if there's anybody hanging out here that we, we don't see with our physical eyes, but there's, if there are residents over here that are not exactly the most of the most desirable entity, before you bury people in this place, you want to evict these these dark things. So they now you can. There's a certain process you can do, but obviously you want you go to a high caliber tzaddik, a rebbe, a great person, and you have him do it. You know these guys know how to chase away the bad guys. So uh, he came and he did whatever he did, and then when he left, he went back home. He encountered terrible things. His horse died in an accident. Like all kinds of things happened. I think his father came to him in a dream or he himself said in the end what was going on. I, I Again, I don't remember all that. And he brought a pasuk. Um, a verse that 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 expressed this idea that somehow oh, I got it. I got it going. He done a nachash something in the blessings of Yaakov to his son, where it says over there. Basically, what happened was that because he he was told that because he evicted the the these he, he chased them away this was a place where they've been for years certain demonic forces were hanging out there you know no one even necessarily knew in town but that was their kind of their area and when he came and he evicted them they got very upset you know so they wanted they took revenge on him and they were going to harm him. But in the end, it, kind of, it, 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 it was transferred to his horse and to his this and was that. And he survived. And he, and he learned to end the puzzle. So I read that story and I was thinking an amazing thing. Here's a big rebbe. He's a big student of, he's a son of Reb rabbi Mechalos He's a great holy Jew. He evicts the klipa from one place. And he's in such danger because of that. And luckily he survived. And I'm thinking the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Sent his shluchim out across the entire world, the places where no Jews have ever been before, and to spread Judaism and open up Torah centers and build the mikveh, build a the. The Rabbi didn't create one Jewish cemetery. He created communities across the entire. He evicted the clip across from the entire world. He changed, sent them running. No one ever did that. Like the most dangerous thing, the shluchim, God forbid, the emissaries themselves should be in such danger. And yet the miracle of miracles that ever protected, you know, protected all the shluchim. We had sadly the, the story in Mumbai when that one Chabah house was attacked by the terrorists in with their main names be blotted out, they killed that couple, a beautiful couple. Their son survived a couple of years ago, the Holzberg family. Like one story, like, you know, Generally, you know, it, it, you know, who need protection? And the Rebbe is such a koach, such a power that that he was able to do all of this. And why? Because the Rebbe is a man of chachma on the highest level of chachma. He's chabad. He's a chabad Rebbe. Ch- chabad is chachma and on another, level. So the window of the hay is so open, and as a result of that, is such an intense radiance of chachma that the chitzonim, the powers of of the extraneous force, are terrified of the Lubavitcher. Terrified of the Rebbe. That's why it's a good thing to have a picture of the Rebbe in your house, and it's a good thing to have a picture of the Rebbe in your car, and it's a good thing to have a picture of the Rebbe in your wallet. It's a very holy face. And where that face goes, the clip runs. The Rebbe also said people should have chitas and certain things that to keep the shmirah, and you need shmirah, especially if you're a, if you're into evictions and you're evicting the bad from the world, they're gonna come after you. So you need an extra shmirah to watch. Shmirah means a protection. It's all associated with this Indian that that you don't want to leave it to be a ches. You wanna, but in personal avodah, means every morning allow a little bit of this holy teaching." to come into your consciousness, to fill your space before you engage the world. Because Chachma does a bitter, he says, pushes away the tamay, pushes away the impure, as we learned earlier. But usually what do you say? The ches, no good. Hey, kosher. Ches no kosher. And that's why when you're bringing a carbon, you got to make sure that you know you bring only an unleavened carbon because you don't want to come in with your ches. The ches is dangerous. So you can't bring a carbon mincha. You can't bring a meal offering that's a ches. You can only bring your meal offering that's a hay because when the meal offering goes up, you don't want the chitsonen taggling along. You don't want them to enter into the base something they should steal energy. So you got to make sure that only a matzah comes in, a hay comes in and out of, because everything translates into physicality. A matzah, a physical bread that's a matzah is without the yeast, is without the inflation. It's, it's made up of a hay where there is a that can go in. Come it's not, but there is an exception. And that goes back to what we're going to we're going back to the beginning of what we spoke about earlier. When you're offering a Thanksgiving offering, and when you're offering a, a, a Shavuos offering, then we open up the door and even the ches can go inside, not only the hay. What does that mean? The danger of someone who is a little bit inflated, who has a little bit of, of the opposite of the matzah, right? has a little bit of... is under regular circumstances. But when there is an intense, incredible, intensified revelation of Chachman that is so powerful and so strong, then it then there's no problem. In other words, it's able to even allow a chest where the chitzonim are hanging on to, even them are allowed to come in. Because they won't do any damage because the lights of Hama are so powerful and so strong that it can it can it can elevate and sublimate the potential that's there even where there is even where there is negativity. Ach, so, so it's interesting the, so what he's basically saying over here is that there is it almost seems like a contradiction. We're saying where there is Chochmah, let me go back. Where there is chachma, it becomes a hay. The Chitzonim can't go there when there is chachma light. The extraneous forces can't come, so they run away. Then we're saying that by a karban Todo, when there is a heavy dosage of chachma, we can allow the Chitzonim in and there's no danger. So hold it. When there is Chochmah, there's no Chitzonim. When there's chachma, there is like... What is is Chachma doing? Is Chachma protecting from the Chitzonim, Or is Chachma elevating even the Chitzonim? Even Chitzonim means the extraneous forces. Which one is it? And the answer is, it depends what level of Chachma. This is the way I understand what he's saying. Earlier, when we're talking about the hay, we're talking about opening the window, allowing Chachma in. It means... You're activating the chachma that's in malchut. In general, we're talking about the level of malchus, in in malchus itself, there is the roof of malchus, the chachma of malchus. We said it's possible that that chachma doesn't have a voice, so you have to activate in the morning or right before you get out into the world. You have to activate your own chachma, and when you activate that chachma, it will protect that level of chachma. Can't sublimate the Klippah. It can keep the klipa at bay. It can push the klipa away. It doesn't suddenly. But when Malchus has an enormous treat, where it's not just opening a window to its own chacham, but where the world is being treated to an unbelievable revelation that happens. In where Chachma of Atzilos, which is way above all the spheres, the highest spheres, when there is an infusion of light from that highest level of Chachma, that Chachma is so much more expansive and so much more powerful. That Chachma has the ability to even be makariv, even bring close, like I said in Halacha. Usually what, is, what, is, what, is, what, is, what, what does Torah do? Kosher, non-kosher. But then we said there's sometimes a special, special rabbi that has such ability that he can take what that which we always threw out and said is no good. He can say he can find that a regular person would do that. It would it, it, he wouldn't he wouldn't benefit not the person and he wouldn't benefit himself. He would just that person would corrupt him. And I mean that relationship would be would be detrimental to the person doing it to both ends. So for. For a regular person, you gotta, you know, that's good, that's not good. But the super, super tzaddik, the super is able to lower himself down and elevate even that which is very, very low and invite that in. So generally we're saying that what? Where there is chachma in malchus, the klipa can't come there. And that means be a matzah, don't be chamez. If it's chamez, no good. Under the very unique circumstances, where Chachma is revealed in its most intense form, like when, for example, Shavuot, the day we, we got the Torah, that's the day when the essence of Chachma was revealed. That super incredible intense light of Chachma is so powerful that it can, it can tolerate even the Hamits and allow even, even Chachma to connect. And, this, and with, in a way that it's it's not negative, it's actually positive. And the same is also when a miracle happens. Because a miracle is a revelation of, as we spoke in, in the beginning of the Mimer, of Havaya over Elokim, of Chachma over Binah. That's what he's going to explain. But when there is an elevation, and a clarification for the chitzonim that are holding on to the ches of chametz below. When is that? Inyan carbon chalas chametz. That's when we can bring even the the leavened bread shayakarev becarbon toida dafka that was offered by the carbon toida who becarbon shtey alechem and by the carbon of the two breads dafka v'loy becarbonos ulasam and not by carbonos that are not. There not by any other carbon. Maschkos the like it says in the mishnah, kolam and nachlis boys matza or kada minchas kamatz. So why these two carbonaize? What's happening here? Yes. So now we explained on the next page. As and have first been base carbona salal shara carbonaize. To understand the difference between these two carbonaizes and the rest of the sacrifices. in a gen loya we need to understand them out in in isra kam. What is the reason? So what is really the reason why you can't bring, you can only bring a a meal offering from from matzah and not from chametz. And a hametz agashmi, what is chametz, What does the physical chametz represent? The the, the leavened bread, what does it it show? What does it convey? In yodna yubchenes esnasus. It's the same ingredients like unleavened bread. It's only that it's got the fluff. And the unleavened bread doesn't have the fluff. (laughs) The thing rises and goes up. So, therefore, just like the bread itself has that nature of inflation inflating itself meaning self-importance so we are what we eat when we eat these inflated stuff it creates a certain inflation in a person's heart it creates within the person now it's not forbidden it's not one of the foods that are on pesach It's this time of the year that god uh, that we need to have intense it's that's when we're born as again, we're born again as a Jew every Pesach. We're liberated. We're starting, so we need to have intense spiritual exercises. We're we're kind of in in rehab then on Pesach. We're like in it. So at that time, you got to be on a chametz free diet. We got to be on a chametz free diet. The rest of the year, it's okay. Uh, but 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 that's what it does. Chametz in general, it says in in Tanya that through constant eating, it coarsens the person. And you have to fight against the, the coarsening of food. A person has to, you know, work very hard. Just like you see people, it's amazing. Just like you find people, it's just a current This is an example that I can't believe I taught Hasidus so many years and this funny thought never came to my head. Maybe it did once. I don't remember ever. I don't remember in the 30 years I'm teaching Hasidus that this thought came to my head. You're seeing in today's world that people are very, very conscious when they eat. That they have to like do exercise commensurate with the oh I ate a donut I need to go for an extra run today <laughs> I love it uh, I ate two French fries oh that's gonna cost me tomorrow an extra twenty you know uh, sit ups and uh, because I, I, I yeah. so you know you're gonna pay the price you're gonna work it off I gotta work it off I ate a big lunch I'm gonna work it off <laughs> so spiritually it's the same thing every time we eat. We're taking in stuff from the world, stuff that is part of the Klippa realm, part of what is not naturally acknowledging God because the, this world was created in darkness. So when we consume it, that darkness goes into us. Now, it's for a benefit because when we do extract its potential and use it to serve God, wow, it can lift us up very high. But when we're not doing that, of course So we really, really, it, it's almost like in the same way that you have to burn off the calories, you have to burn off the coarseness, you have to do spiritual exercises after, after you eat, and even better, it's good to do the workout before you eat. That's what prayer is. It's a spiritual workout. It helps you burn the calories much better, it, to burn out the darkness and to let only the spark shine. And that doesn't coarsen you. It's an awesome muscle. I'm so, I'm so happy. That's not crazy? I got to remember it. I got to remember it for like short little talk. <laughs> that's an amazing thing that can, that can go into a book. No? It's a cool idea. We need to like, you know, have the the, the special exercise that has to go along before and and after. Okay, in any case, so what that does it inflates self. Which is chutzpah. That's what klipa is. The klipa has what? The unholy has brazenness to God. It inflates itself. How does a person, you know, entertain the thought to take all the resources that God is giving me at this moment and to defy God's will with it? Crazy. Every time we're sinning, we're doing something that God doesn't like. We're taking the resources that God is giving us, the health that he's giving us, the wealth that he's giving us, the peace of mind, the time that he's giving us, the, the, everything, God gave it? And, and to use it against God, that is the greatest Audacity. That's chutzpah. But that's what klip is. How does a person even think of that? Because one is so inflated with self. It's like it's like the utmost of 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 like of of what, what do they call it today? I have like a word I always see it in the in the news. I look too much in the news, but there's such a word where you're like when 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 you're completely unaware. Like um, like when a person is you know, they use a word for it you know, like. Like, it's not that they don't use the word detached. That's the other word that they always use. I forgot. Anyway, it's not coming to end right now. But, but, uh, so, 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 like, if we would really be in touch with truth, how every second, everything we have and made, so it, it should be to further God's interest, because He's the one supplying us with all of this, instead to do something against it. So that comes from this inflation sense of self-importance that overrides everything else. And if I'm so important, so I want to do what I want. God forbid it. Even if that's a negation to a higher plan and so forth. So that, and that's what's called the klipa. It's called shenikra ma'chusa balaytan. It's called a king, a king without a crown. That means you have no crown to be a king. Why are you a king without a crown? I mean, you have no, there's nothing there that, that you can claim your kingship. Well, what's giving you kingship over here? But you're still you're still claiming king, even though you have no royal uh, you, you have no crown. God is a king with a crown because he has a right to kingship because he's the true king. But any other king that claims kingship is a king without a crown. That's the klipa. Ki yadu has shem kabelas yanika Now where is it receiving it? spiritually? If you go up into the where's the klipa, which is this inflation? where, is the, where do they receive their energy from? As we spoke earlier, from the bottom of the ches. Uh, but, and the reason they can take from there is because, as we said earlier, because the chachma window is shut. When the chachma window is shut, between the roof and the left side, which means the chachma does, does not have a voice. That's why its feet go down below to enliven and to sustain the klipa that wants to take energy from God and ignore it and inflate itself. Matza represents the worlds of holiness. The worlds that receive and benefit from God and acknowledge it and are subjugated to him. That's And that's why they're matza. Matza means they're not inflated with self. The ingredients that God puts into them, life, health, wealth, money, sustenance, family, time, uh, air, breath, everything we have is, all, is put into them and they don't add the one thing, the inflated self sense of I am and I have this, all this is all mine. They constantly recognize that it's all blessings. Every second they recognize it's a blessing from God and therefore they, they're humble and just want to do God's will with it. That's holiness. So holiness is that is the ingredients without the fluff. The unholy is also receiving everything it has also from God. But it has one problem. It fluffs itself up with self-importance, which is completely uncalled for. So in a sense, all recipients from God are this dough. Everything Everybody's receiving. It's the dough. God is putting in the water. He's putting in the flour. He's putting in the salt. He's putting in everything that makes up our reality. Now, our response to that will, will, will determine if we belong to the side of holiness, which is the flat dough, the unleavened, or belong to the side of the unholiness, which is the yeast and its, it's inflation. So, again, it happens to it doesn't have taste. Therefore, when you eat matzah, simply, it's a good food for the diet, matzah, even all year because it doesn't cause, it, it, it is a humble bread. So when you eat it, 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 it leads to humility. The shiftless. It's a sense of, of smallness, lowliness. That's why in the Agadah it's called poor man's bread. It keeps us poor, keeps us in check, keeps us understanding. It kicks away the haughtiness. Machakasa stated elsewhere. And above it represents the idea that there is bitl there, the bitl of chachma. That is coming through the left window that's up there on the top of the left side. Where when you have this bitul, the the clip can't get to the person. as We said earlier. When a person has this illumination of chachma, which brings this surrender, chachma is the power of koyafma, the power of being bottom. When we have this luminance constantly shining, obviously it takes work. To activate this, when we activate it daily, so then we are clipper proof, we don't become haughty, we don't become full of self, and we stay our course in doing the godly thing. And then we can come close to God all the time as a sacrifice, we can elevate, we can connect, and we are given a pass to always access everything spiritual and godly. No one has to worry that we're going to bring in dark stuff with us, because we're not carrying anything dark, because we're we're, we're, we're we're on the holy side, on the holy team. But once a person stops being karshala pesach, means they become khametstig, which means they become inflated with self, full of evil inclination, sahara. And God forbid, even if they have like a holy soul, but they're full of leeches all over them, full of klipa that's like draining their energy. And when you come into that, let's say you want to come into the holy temple to do a little dance over there, whatever it is, the the leeches will be dancing with you, uh-huh. and that and that strengthening the leeches, it's strengthening all these entities. You're bringing them along. You're bringing the chometz along. That's why when this guy approaches the base of me, there's the doors of the temple shut. Say no, 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 no leaven over here. Go back home. Kasha yourself. Get rid of the leeches. Deflate the ego. Come back as a matzah. You'll be welcomed there. You want to be a chametz? You want to be a big, 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 tall challah? Oh. Go home. He said that's the reason why all the minchas, and that's why all the mincha, in the base of you can only bring matzah, not chametz. Why? Now, why is it the mincha? Now, why is it important by the this whole, this whole, um, uh, 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 what's it called again? Um, restriction is only by the meal offerings. Will we make this restriction? Why? Because the different offerings and the different sacrifices that there are in the temple—bird offerings, uh, animal offerings—each one is at a different level. Mincha, which is a meal offering, is a elevation of malchut, particularly. Mincha is ma'ochot. In the word mincha, mincha is... Starts with the word memnun, which represents mayin nupfin, feminine waters. It's the malchut rising upward to connect the God. When the mincha comes, when the ma'ochot comes to connect... We got to make sure that there's no tailgating taking place. That she's not that she's she's disinfected. Because if she's going to bring her germs with her, God forbid. If the malchus has not been careful when she went down into the world, and let me give that example. What does that mean in our personal? We're all the malchus when in our lives we're not careful when we associate with the world. We don't open up. We don't do heavy heavy. We don't do intense work to open up the window of Chachmah. And as a result of that, our engagements in the world allow a whole lot of germs to get connected. So when we come to a holy place and we want to gain entry, we are told by this electronic thing that says entry declines. Your card is not working because it doesn't want to allow in. Because when the person is going to come in, if you didn't do teshuva yet, you're going to bring a whole lot of klipa in. And God forbid we can't allow the unholy to siphon up to go into the place of holiness, because that would give them enormous power. So therefore, we say you got to bring only the only way a mincha is kosher if it's it's unleavened. Because if it's leavened, means the chitzonim, the leaven is the chitzonim. The chitzonim are inflated. That's what they are. They're ego, full of ego the in order that they should separate from her the yinikasahitzeinim ba'aloyisahgavam is be'ach when she goes up onto the altar that she can't be offered the chametz while she has chametz in front of God k'deishaloyis achzu so that the chitzonim the external forces do not should not be able to hold on to her. By the way, I'll give you another example for this. Shabbos, it says, Friday night there is aliyah samalchus. the Malchut goes up the Shekhinah rises upward to be unified with her husband and that means we as part of the Malchut, we also leave the world, the whole week we, did, we engage in the world, Shabbos we disengage, we go into our homes, we celebrate with family, we're in the inner world of holiness, we're not in the outside world we're not allowed to do any work, we're not allowed to engage with the outside, we close our phones the world shuts down we go into a safe space but since we're going to a place of holiness, there's always a fear that the unholy things that have attached themselves to us might come along for the ride. And here's a shocking thing. We once learned the whole mimer about it. But, um, and you'll remember in a moment, I'll even And that's the reason why you have to shower Erev with hot water. It says when you're taking a shower on Erev some goes to the mikvah as well. For men go to the mikvah on Erev but to take a shower and it says specifically with hot water, because every Friday, spiritually, God releases a, a, a powerful fiery whip that gives ah like a like a like a, like a cowboy like that. So it comes out this this cosmic powerful thing that a fire. And what it does is it separates the klipos from the Shekhinah. And it th- throws the clip down and it keeps it, it basically disinfects the Shekhinah. So when she goes up, she goes up pure without any of it. Just like a hot shower takes away the germs and things that might have gotten on the body. So it says it has to be hot because in that heat in your physical shower is enclosed that spiritual energy that happens Friday afternoon. And then we were learning that whole thing about this woman who got stuck outside of the Tchum and then she didn't know about she she couldn't come back home. She went to the Merichets and about the Eru. The Tchum was one of your most favorite uh, <laughs> classes that we had. But it's the same idea. You can't allow the Chametz in, you can't allow the germs in. So you got to disconnect. Elena Krevitz Matzadak, you can only bring it in only as a Matzah. Matzah represents all the things in the world that are humble, all the things that are that allow themselves to come in into holiness. So the kiss, if they things that are not infected by the klipa of ego, of haughtiness, As We said earlier, them, ah, but there's one exception. This is dafka by the by the regular minchas. But when you're offering a thanksgiving offering, Tziva Hashem, God commanded, not only are you allowed to have chametz, it's a commandment. You have to bring ten chalas. You got to bring along ten leavened breads. And the same is with the two breads that they brought on Shavuot. There has to be chametz. They should be chametz. And the reason. So here the beautiful, everything is so perfect. Why is it that they have 10 chalas, 10 11 chalas, and 30 chalas are matza. Remember we said 40 breads, 30 are matza and 10 are chalas. Yedua is known like this. Malchus is called the throne of God. Even though Malchus is considered part of the divine, because Malchus is the intermediary between the transcendental and the actual creation. So Malchus itself is called like the seat where Hashem sits. A chair, a seat, a throne has four legs. So the four legs of Malchus are as follows: like it says, that the throne is prepared with kindness, and that's Malchus that's prepared with kindness, with the regal, And in kisse there are four legs. They represent the ten sephirot that we spoke earlier, that there is, in Malchus there's ten sephirot hinted to in the, in the roof of the hay, and the right side, the left side. But it's also conceived as four legs. So what are they? Regala Yamini Avram, now, the legs over here are, are, are primarily the emotions. The intellect is maybe, it's not the legs, it's the seat itself. The, the, the roof of the, like a chair has a place where you sit. That's the Chabad. But then the legs, the right leg is Chesed. Avram, we know, is the right leg of the Merkavi, the right leg of the, of the chariot. Yitzchak, who is Gevure, is the left leg. Yaakov, who is Teferis, is the third leg. And what's the fourth leg? King David, Malchut, Malchus Shabbat Malchus. That's the fourth leg. Now, in which part of Malchus does is, does Malchus interact with the unholy? Malchus Shabbat Malchus. The Malchut element of Malchus. That means that's why King David is the one who's the most vulnerable. He's the one who's the God's favorite. And yet he, you see his life full of turmoil and he's always praying, his enemies want to get him and he's doing tshuva for sin and his entire, because he's the struggling element that's struggling with the klippa, with the darkness. And that's why only that, and that's why when you're bringing a mincha, which is malchus, you're bringing 10 breads, four types, because in chesed itself, One type of bread is the chesed. But it's ten breads because in chesed itself, there is ten sefirot. In the chesed of mouths, because everything is ten. In the gevura of mouths, there is ten sefirot, so that's the other ten breads. In the teferis of mouths is also all ten sefirot, and that's the ten breads. These are the thirty breads, but these are unleavened, because on the level of an atzilos itself, there's no ego. There's no... It's purely divine. It's purely holy. Over there, there's no... Germs can't get in there. It's complete. But in the fourth leg, that's where Malchus goes down low. Over there, it gets, it gets, it gets infected by the yeast. There, there is the 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 vulnerability to the Klipa. And what has to happen? And Hashem says, so usually you say, you know, disinfect before you come. And if you can't, then you're not coming in. But, but on a special occasion, like on the Thanksgiving offering, when there's an um, and we'll see why in a moment, since the chachma energy is so strong, then, then even a a even the chometz breads are also invited in, as he says, malchus 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 of malchus David and that's the element of David. The and the three legs which are the Chesed, They are on the level of Atsilas. Chitzonim. The don't have any access to them. The Noiga de Biyav, the Klipa Noga of but from the fourth leg, the Malchus, which is the Malchus of the Malchus, and it has ten spheres inside, the concept that Malchus is built from the highest spheres, so therefore it has, in every element of it, it has all, all ten, which that's where the Etzada starts, starts, there is ten challus of chametz, ten breads of chametz of leaven. Mm-hmm. Neged yut sviros the malchus, corresponding to the ten sviros of malchus of malchus. Shenechazem mm-hmm. baachitzanim, and where the chitzonim, the external rainiest uh, forces can get in. Can become, you know, can hold on to. Through the ten spheres of the klipa of noyga. Like it says, her feet go down in the klipa. Like we said earlier, that in the ches, which is the part which is the vulnerable, the open bottom, which is the mouthless of the mouthless. Of the letter of chas of Matzah, And what are the thirty matzah breads? They are the chesed to ferris of the throne, the three legs. Over there, the klipa doesn't get to. Like we explained, that why the matzah is safe, because in in that place the safety. Why is it that by these two karbonos we say that even what is not rejected? And the Chametz is also allowed in. Haday Piyana will be understood based on what we said earlier, based on how powerful Chachma is. That Chachma, when, when you're getting into the highest levels of Chachma, Chachma has the ability, as we learned in Halacha, that a case which you would think is bad and unacceptable and completely abominable and completely thrown out. The ultimate Chachma representing God's transcendence can look at it and show and reveal how it too could in some way serve the purpose and be included in the higher plan. It is explained earlier the that Chachma has a power of bitter. Chachma has such expansion, such, such expansivity. That it could elevate everything, toverah, even from the from the tree of knowledge that's good and bad. from the reason that it said earlier, it's able to to stretch so far that even the chametz that is that there is a grasp to the extraneous forces canal, yohugammu lalois. Is also able to be elevated, called really, the condition and it's able to be. Yeah, you move the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're blocking. I'm scared that someone can't go out. Please, please, please do it before she comes and knocks down the door here. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk later. <laughs> yeah, you have to be careful when you're parking over here. Is she okay? I just want to make sure. Where did she park? It's okay. Yeah. Ah, oh, she's not even from you. It's okay, she's coming to the front. Thank you. Take care, be well. Talking about the on him coming and yelling and making of us. Yeah, eh? Maybe we should invite her in now too. The one who's yelling. Now that we can elevate even, even the farthest, we should bring her in as well. No, maybe. Not Pesach yet. Huh? No, Pesach, you can't have the yeah okay we're back we're back on I'm sorry guys we had a little bit of an interruption over here the clipers weren't so happy with the whole situation okay well, I'm going to time okay welding over here uh, why is it though uh, because, because there's such a powerful revelation of chachma, then it allows even the chametz that there is even where there is this bacteria. It too can be elevated in holiness. Through the bir of chachma, the of That's why by a carbon tayda, they offered even chametz. In these, only in the ten chalas, where the ten spheres of Malchus of Malchus lowers itself down into the ten spheres of Klippa, of Noga. Since carbon toda is coming in a manner of, 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 of acknowledgement and thanksgiving carbon, And we said that the thanksgiving, that whenever you're you're surrendering your mind completely, you're touching upon such transcendental levels of the divine, of chachma, but not the chachma that is usually shining in Malchus, a much, much loftier level of chachma. And therefore, it has that ability to break ordinary rules and do an exemption and to exempt and allow in even what is usually not allowed in, the Dalamite. Alcan, okay, and therefore, that's why by the carbon Toda, what are we sing? We sing about halakha because that's what Torah does the same thing. Also, all the elements that have been leavened in the world are singing to God because they, they too are allowed in. But also, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that you allow in the Kibbutz. it means that because there's such a powerful radiance of Chachma, the lights of Chachma are going to break even the toughest klipa, even where there is chametz, and shatter the ego and and, and bring out the potential. In other words, by every other Korban, you have to, you can't come in with the ego. When the ego is coming in, you're already you're, you're disqualified. Get out, go work on yourself outside, un, deflate your ego, become a matzah, and then come to the temple. Over here we allow everybody into shul, even those that are ego. But we know because the power of the holy day of Yom Kippur, or like a give an example of such a day, is that even people that are not have not prepared for Yom Kippur or have not this, when the lights of holiness will come, it will break the klipah and will extract their, their thing. In other words, it's not like now it's okay to bring in the klipah. It we we know we can rely on the Chachma to bring out the potential, even where, regularly, based on the regular laws, we say it's not ready for elevation. And here you could have, that's why the word Hariyu means two things. Hariyu means shouting out. Hariyu also comes from the word smashing. Because the, the power of Chachma is so strong that it will smash even the most arrogant of klipa. It will smash the klipa. It will break the haughtiness of the most haughty. They offered even the ten of Because everything is brought in. Even things that generally would not make the would not make the qualification. They would not make the bar to enter. Canal. That's why shout out to God. The whole land, which wouldn't happen by any other korban. You couldn't bring in any leaven. Any leaven any chametz don't bring in. If you should aim be your we don't have the ability. When someone, when you when you're noticing ego, no. Can't be let in. Only the powerful radiance of Chachma has the power to deal with it. And you can't access the Chachma that Chachma shusha, only where there is a, a when there is thanksgiving, there is a complete surrender. But not in any other sacrifice, which is more related to comprehension, understanding, but not with this total. A miracle is what calls forth this like woe. And when we're wowed by the, by the, by the transcendence, by the, by the incomprehensibility of the divine, that creates this openness. And when there is this surrender and this openness, when we lose ourselves, that's when the Chachma shines. And when Chachma shines, we can bring about that even a chametz, someone who's dealing with the chametz, can, 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 can can redeem his potential, so to speak. Shazau b'karben toida dafka, which is in the carbon toida. Vayana shesach vechibur mizmol esayda, yilashem kol arz Now the other time that that is done is not only by carbon toida, but also by the two breads on Shavuos. Why? Because we said in Torah, we also access that. In, and, and Shavuos, God gave us the Torah, which is the essence of Havaya. Carbon karben shteh alechem b'shruos on Shavuos. Hu b'chenes hachachma, which is chachma dafka, v'alkeinemar b'min cheshteh alechem, chameit teyafenna yushiru. Offer it as chometz. Ki any yedu as it is known, to bismah matan Because at the time of the giving of the Torah, Oz alu Yisrael lekabel mchinus chachmielah. Then the Jewish people rose up to receive from the supernal chach. Here Eisam chachmielah is nachka, because Torah comes from the highest level of chach. Ubachkayachachachmashem b'toyra, and with the power of chachmav Torah levadat hakoyl to purify everything, to elevate everything. Alkeinem ar chometz teafena, and that's why it says that you should you should bake it. That even can be elevated. Like it says, when God came down on when God came down on the mountain, on Mount Sinai, it was to correct even the uncorrectable. Hashem is coming to redeem and to fix the entire world. It was such a high revelation. For example, we know that until the giving of the Torah, we couldn't redeem anything physical. The only way to connect to God was in the spiritual range. Once the Torah was given, we can access and connect even in the world of ego, even in a world of such density, because the, the lights of Chachma came down in such a powerful way to allow us to rectify even on such a low, on such a low plane. It's that power that can reach even into the desert. Desert is generally a place of unholiness. Metama so now we understand the difference between all other sacrifices to the carbon And the two breads why it says the that's why the sages say all the all the all the meal offerings come matza matzo without ok now it's interesting i'm just going to add one more thing in the bottom over here in the footnotes in the new print, he brings and add an explanation from the Mittler Rebbe, where the Mittler Rebbe distinguishes that there is still a difference between the toida, the karban toida, and the two breads of shavuos. By the karban toida, only 10 kalas were chametz, and the rest of the 30 were all, were all matzah. But in the two breads of shavuos, the entire thing was chametz. So he explains based on what we said in the beginning. Remember, I was telling you in the beginning that even though both where there is acknowledgement that's related to miracles, where we surrender and we experience Havaya, and in Torah, there's both a revelation of Havaya. And when there is a revelation of Havaya, there is the, 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 this, higher, right, this higher potential. Yet we spoke that in Torah, it's stronger than in a miracle. Remember, that was what I said at the beginning of the class today, that if Torah exceeds even than in America. So that expresses itself over here as well. The fact that that 30 of them are Matzah and 10 are, are, are Chametz means, this is what the meaning he explains means. Number one is that you can only deal with a little bit of ego, most of it has to be Matzah. And even when with a little bit of ego, what's happening is the way you're fixing it is at that the, it's a minority. So it becomes like it kind of like gets together with the matzah. It kind of get, goes along with it. It's kind of like swallowed up together with it. And, and the way it, 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 it is that the ego has to cease to be ego. It has to stop being chahots. It like gets like, it it's chahots, but it can go, it, it like slips in together with the matzah. But on Shavuos, while it is Chometz, it can be elevated. It doesn't have to surrender to anything else. As Chometz as as Chometz can be, it can go up. Why? So he explains because in a miracle, I'm sorry, in a Todah, it's not the revelation of Havaya himself. It's only a radiance of Havaya that's felt. It's Havaya shining in the name of Elohim. So it's only the external part of Havaya that is being that is being revealed. Since it's only this external part of avaya that that is being revealed, its level of expansion and exp, its its level of um, capability still has some kind of a cap, and therefore it will only allow the chametz in if the chametz can do even if it was chametz already, if it can flip over and become matzah. In other words, if someone who's full of ego can kind of bend himself and then it can be to utility of holiness. But while the ego is ego, it can't be it can't be used for holiness. But when the essence of Hawaii is revealed, here is the then the then the something doesn't have to become nothing in order to it to connect. This the 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 the, the, the the recipient, the creation, even while he has a self, could in the state of selfhood become unified with God, which is going to be at the messianic state. When the ultimate union between us and Hashem is going to be, even the sense of self-importance will not be a contradiction to God. Because the truth of God will permeate so strong that it can afford that we should be important in our own eyes, and not negate him, but yet that itself be an extension of his importance. It's like the ultimate, ultimate state of unity between us and God. In other words, till now, on a lower level, it know you have to relinquish yourself for God's truth. And we have to become not in order. But when we are being ourselves and feeling ourselves, that's a contradiction to him. But when his ultimate truth is revealed on a much deeper level, it can embrace even us being us. And that, and, and we don't lose connection with him in that. So the chametz the, 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 the can remain, doesn't have to even have bitl. That's what he says, very powerful words. The yesh, as it is a yesh, can unify with the true yesh. In other words, our somethingness will be ultimately, a, a, our sense of somethingness will ultimately express His somethingness. While we are something, not while we are, not while we are nothing. And, in that, and that's what Torah does. What does Torah do? Torah, halacha, what does it mean? Halacha doesn't destroy things. Halacha makes you take everything and operate with that thing in accordance to God's will. And then it can remain as it is. It doesn't have to stop being. That's what halacha, what's so beautiful about halacha, about living a godly life. It teaches you how to be a you, but consistent with God. And you can be you and God at the same time. As opposed to it's either him or you. Which is every other way besides Torah that connects with God requires a surrender. In Torah, it allows for the world to be a world. It's just you have to align it with the rules of Torah. That's the chiddush of the carbon in its in it because it's the essence of chachma on a much deeper level than what well, I'm sorry, not the carbon toda the alechem, the two breads of of shavuos, which is even stronger, far more potent than the. Than the than the than the carbon total which is only a radiance of chachma, and therefore, even though you allow, even though you allow the chametz, you will, the chametz has to tag along with the Matzah, but it can't stand on its own right. And the tag along with the Matzah means it must learn from the Matzah how to be humble. In other words, you want it to constantly be attached to the matza, but you can't allow the chametz to stand on its own that's the beauty of torah which it ultimately can allow the something to be a something and yet can and yet be a recipient of ultimate truth because it's it's revealing a level of god where god is not threatened by the existence of us you know what he is so absolute that us being us doesn't in any way threaten his his exclusivity it's us and him at the same time and we are so comfortable and so aware of him that it the fact that we are have a an inner, you know, oomph to self is not the, is not is is not dismissing us of him. The, it ultimately is the ultimate healthiest relationship where you can where a couple can both be, one doesn't have to be silent in the other's presence. They both can be, and yet in their in their beingness, they they see each other's being in each other's being. It's the ultimate fusion. Torah accomplishes that. Okay. There's the last part of the Maimur, which is continuing on to the next part, which is Ibdu serve God with love. We're gonna leave that Hashem, for next week.